Hello, everybody. It is Hotline League episode 144. It's been a very quiet week. Nothing interesting has happened at all. Uh, we're just waiting for the second half of World's Groups to start for North America to continue their dramatic uh, attacks upon everyone else in the everyone every other region. Going to be sick. Um, just kidding. Things have gone terrible. But I'm joined right now by my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? I'm tweeting. I can't do two things at once. Save me, spawn. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to return to Mark later on because he's trying to figure out how to type words into a Twitter box. Spawn is here. Spawn, how's it going? Uh, I honestly think I am one of the few people that can say I have had a worst week than North America, yes. which is honestly like that's a big call to make. I know, but. Uh, it has definitely been an interesting week to be an oceanic esports person. Yes. Well, this is uh, the Sad Boys episode. Uh, so if you guys are, if you're tuning <laughs> in. for a pick-me-up. <laughs> by the way, I should say, here's a good chance to plug the podcast. People seem to always ask us if this is on Spotify or, or sorry, they ask, when is this going to be on Spotify or have we considered putting it on Spotify? This shit's been available on podcast networks for years, so Go. But anyway, if you're listening to the audio version somewhere in your car, on your way to work, at work, if you're watching the YouTube video and you just don't want to feel bad, <clears throat> maybe skip this episode is all I would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, really quickly, shout out to Alienware and DraftBuff, our sponsors for the show. We'll talk more about them in a little bit. But let's let's do some reintroductions once more. Mark, are you done with your tweet? Yeah, I tweeted. How's your week been? It's been okay. Um, Worlds is going on. Genshin Impact's going on. Um, those are the two big big ones. Yeah, you and I, for those that don't know, Mark and I just... This week has just been Mark and I staying up late. Actually staying up all night. Playing Genshin Impact and watching North America embarrass themselves on the international stage. So what's funny is my Genshin Impact tweet from last night got eight... 1.8k uh likes i feel like i should just become a genshin impact like did it there's there's more there's more for me there than in north america holy crap you got 70 retweets too wow you're yeah that's that's in the upper percentile of your world that's like a world's tweet yes exactly i need Uh, to tweet about genshin impact anyways uh yeah, I, I I almost tweeted this, and I was got too lazy to try and figure out how to squeeze it all into 240 characters. But I really don't know how to feel as like an NA fan about this Worlds. It was like simultaneously hit my expectations, did slightly better than my expectations, and also drastically worse than my like my expectations. I I, I actually don't really have a single feeling on NA at Worlds this this year. Really, I actually I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Team Liquid exceeded my expectations. 3-3 from them, I think, was a very good performance overall. Obviously, when you get down into the nitty-gritty, you have to say, well, you dropped a game to Marchi, but then you beat G2. Um, but I think overall, Team Liquid did a really great job at Worlds, and they for a third seed coming out of North America, I would say getting equal wins well, to losses, that's a plus. We're going to talk more about North America in a second. I want to open up the, the discussion. But as we're still going through our week stuff, so Spawn, you've had a tough week. Uh, because Kobe is not playing Path of Exile. That's what you were talking about right before the start of the show, right? 
Yeah, so what happened, right, is like a bunch of the producers and casters, we all play Path of Exile because obviously I'm the only one on a normal sleep schedule, like normal-ish. I'm going to bed at about 3 a.m. at the moment. Um, so between about 9 when my partner goes to bed and my son's in bed till about, you know, 3 or 4, we all sit in Discord and we play Path of Exile together. Now, Kobe is a big Path of Exile fan. Like, Kobe's a Path of Exile nut. And he was telling me how he could make Cracklance work, uh, Crackling Lance. And I'd already played it. And I was like, Kobe, Crackling Lance is shit. Like, it's a terrible skill. Do not do it. But he's like, no, nah, I'm going to make it work. I'm like, okay, no worries. And he starts a character and he's like, give me all this gear. So being a good friend, I load him up. Like, I'm like, you know what, Kobe? Free of charge. Great Stygian. You know, here's, here's a chest piece. Here's some boots. Here's a helm. And he just collects all this gear. Two hours later, he quits. Has not logged onto the character since and still just has all my stuff. So go wake Kobe up. And, like, I want you to, like, Stewie from Family Guy, like, where's my money, man? Uh, like, I want his head in a toilet at some point. Like, yeah. This, this Waking him up right would here. be the equivalent of head in the toilet. He is <laughs> he's really not a morning person. Uh, I would put it that way. Um, and he's a light sleeper, so it's been... Time in L.A. Well, lucky for him, it's 8.30 at night, so it's not about being a morning person anymore, Travis. It's about being an afternoon person. Yes, he... He will be very upset. Uh, like he, he might be awake right now, very angry because I have had to do the show and talk. And I did an interview with Steve earlier, and he's a light sleeper. Um. Anyway, so By the way, Steve's liquid guys. Travis can call him Steve because they're like just like that. Just nobody case, calls him know, liquid everyone, anymore. I know that I you're, know, you're super old friend. school, but I'm close with top players. <laughs> anyway, uh, no spawn. I mean. I want to talk about North America in a second, but some people might that listen to this but don't follow, like, Riot basically put out two paragraphs that killed your entire scene <laughs> from Orbit and, like, just moved on with Worlds. And so it doesn't surprise me if a lot of people are completely unaware of this. I actually need to do a video about it soon to even just inform my channel who who people might not even be aware that this is a thing, especially because it has immediate impacts on the LCS. But I mean, how's this been? Cause it sounds like you, you found out about it based off of some emo tweeting. I saw approximately 60 minutes before the post went out. Yeah. So, uh, good, good, good journalism, uh, good research. Thank you. Uh, yes. Travis. uh, yeah. So pretty much, uh, for those that don't know, I'm a commentator on the oceanic pro league. Uh, and I am also a general manager of a team in Oceania called order. Um, so obviously this decision by riot impacts me greatly. I, I have a partner, I have a kid, I have another kid that's being born in two weeks. Um, oh, so I didn't even know that. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, I've got a house. Uh, you know, I built this house, not with my bare hands, but with other people's bare hands, and therefore it cost me money. Um, so, yeah, this, this I think it was like a 300-word announcement as being spanned in chat uh, decision, like, really uh, greatly impacted me. Uh, so pretty much the TLDR of the situation, right, is that Riot came out and said it's no longer financially uh, responsible to have a League of Legends uh, professional league, like, so a top-tier league out of Oceania, that they would still support MSI and Worlds coming from the region. However, that the OPL was going to be dissolved effective immediately. Um, and the o OPL is the biggest league in Australia, uh, in my opinion, uh, it's the most professional broadcast. Uh, it's up there and, you know, it's got uh, eight teams with gaming houses and 
players playing effectively full-time. So this was a pretty big deal when you think about that, you know, five players per team, a sub, a coach, a general manager, pretty much on every single team. You look at the people on the broadcast staff. This is probably 100 people plus that have been directly impacted. I, you will no longer have a job going forward. And probably 6x that that will be indirectly affected just because uh, League of Legends is such a big deal in this region. Um, so obviously a huge, a huge day uh for oceanic history not not the happiest day um as you mentioned i found off the back end of a call that was uh, made through to the ownership group um it, it has been reported to be about 60 minutes i wouldn't know um the exact timeline because that day is a little bit of a blur but uh then off the back end of that yeah the words came out and i guess what's done is done so i know everybody's kind of scrambling to figure out what happens next Mm -hmm. But can you, I don't know if there is any insight you can share with us. I mean, we've seen a ton of, I've seen GMs and players and everybody basically looking for yeah. jobs in NA because what people might have missed out on or might not know is that in that that uh, very elaborate article that Riot posted, um, there was a line about how now everyone who's an Oceanic player is considered a member of North America. We have... Uh, We've brought you into the union, and <laughs> and so your your players are now eligible to be on LCS teams. Actually, I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. For North America, it feels like a good thing because you guys have great talents that we've seen, but also like I, I got to imagine that this is pretty destructive to the remaining, uh, like if, if you guys wanted to build out a scene independent of Riot or work with partners Correct. there or whatever, like now your top talents has a much better opportunity to go compete in North America potentially. So uh, anyway, all this to get at, like, is there anything you can talk about or has there been any discussions on what happens next or I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I, what I can say is the central North American team, the esports team that is now in charge of uh, the oceanic uh, league of legends scene ha has been quite supportive. And I've, I've had a couple of conversations reaching out about what next steps could look like. Uh, we have an incredibly passionate ownership group over here um, full of great people um, that are, you know, all really good businessmen uh, and women first, but also, you know, passionate esports people. You're talking about um, in Oceania? Are, yeah, in Oceania oh. that, are, that are going to help try and drive this, uh, drive this scene forward. Uh, and I've spoken about my willingness to be a part of the solution as well. So I've been trying to do everything I can, uh, even if it's just as basic as, uh, you know, wearing a t-shirt on worlds that uh you know shows my love for the region uh you know also trying to rebuild something here but as you said like there is a lot of opportunity right now if you are an oceanic player to be able to get picked up uh by an international squad now there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the world that makes that probably not ideal for it to happen right now for example COVID 19 is still happening and to get in and out of countries turns out is very very difficult at the moment uh you know the election and how visas are being treated off the back end of that and a whole bunch of other stuff right that like you know political or otherwise not really the time or place to get into but yeah, excuse me Spawn, i've is, heard keep politics out of esports it has nothing to do with esports okay just a momentary bump and the, the recording there sorry everyone but uh just that can you repeat that little bit at the end again Spawn, if you recall um, so yeah, pretty much what I was saying is like, there are a ton of people like general managers, coaches and players that are all looking to make that oceanic leap, uh, to international, you know, primarily North America, uh, I would assume. Uh, and then obviously there is 
uh, a group of people that are currently looking at what a sustainable domestic model would look like with the help of Central, uh, Riot Games Central. Cool. You know, one question for me is, uh, and I, I, I admit I had not paid very much attention to OCE before this, but one of the things that I've heard from some folks is like, hey, this wasn't that much of a surprise because it, it seemed as though the league had been for a while trying to find its footing. Maybe the viewership wasn't there and there were issues perhaps finding uh, commercial partners for the league, etc. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think a lot of people probably did not expect it in this manner. But is it, did this? do you feel like this came out of nowhere or was this something that people had been concerned about for a while? Yeah, so uh, it's a good question, right? Because there's there's always a yes and a no to the answer of this one. So what I would say is that Riot did open up dialogue to my understanding of what the future of a sustainable league would look like and the fact that we needed to work towards hitting that target. Uh, and that was talked about 12 to 18 months ago. Um, so, you know, there, there was a conversation about that. But then you come into this year uh, and there were some proposed solutions from the ownership group. Uh, I, I had a proposed solution that I wanted to try and work towards personally. Um, and but what happened is obviously riot ran the opl again and three new commercial partners were bought on uh the opl is sponsored by uh epos uh mcdonald's and uh neosurf you know these are not small companies like mcdonald's in itself is like a pretty big brand right What's so, the first one uh epos um they're like sennheiser's gaming oh, okay. headset brand gotcha. um so um, so there were some sponsors there. Um, historically, they had also been sponsored by people like Hungry Jacks and things like that. Um, so I think what the owners kind of saw and what fans would have seen from the outside is like there was all this rumbling about the fact that the league needed to commercialize and get some more viewership. Viewership did go up. If you look at like all the AS charts and things like that that are available publicly, people have talked about it. There were two new sponsors brought onto the show. So it looked like it was moving in the right direction. So was there warning that this was coming? Yes. Did people expect it to happen off the back end of that warning? I think not, because it did look like it was trending in the right direction. And whilst not, whilst it might not have been there this year, you know, if one sponsor becomes three and then becomes five, maybe you're there in a year or two years' time. Right, Mark. I don't know if you have any questions about all this stuff, or as it relates to LCS, even. Uh, no. I mean, it feels really shitty. Like I, I have more like personal level questions than like environment level ones which i think like those or those like that's where my head's more at than than the like shoot them, shoot them through ask me anything Here no 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 i mean i'll ask one we are we've already been talking a little bit um i'll, I'll ask one if, if mark doesn't because especially because maybe you guys have talked a little bit about it since you've been on the broadcast together but uh i mean one of my questions spawn are you okay you mentioned you've you built a house with other people's hands and you mm -hmm have a partner and uh about to have two children are you is there a world where you don't live in australia in the future um so this is obviously always tough to answer yeah. so is there a world where an international opportunity comes up that i take like the answer is yes like absolutely there is a world that you know uh the lck announcement came out uh, i got some retweets on that you know, maybe there's a couple of opportunities uh, in North America at the moment or, or one in particular that I'm looking at really closely at the moment. Um, but what I would say is that I hope to always call Australia home and like work from overseas, but have home in Australia. And what I mean by that is like, you know, uh, 
you know, I, I'm happy to go over seas for during the splits and, you know, pre-seasons and things like that. And, you know, the LA to Australian time zone obviously isn't that bad because here we are by the magic of the computer, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in like. So I'm that, that sounds like it would probably, like if, if, if you ended up in that situation, it would be, it sounds like you're not interested in moving your family. Um, no, I, I like. I think Jenna loves Australia. She, we live very close to her family. Uh, her family, like, I think it's important for my kids to go to, you know, uh, an Australian school, go through the school system. I had like healthcare and stuff in Australia is like top tier. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, like, you know, I I always use extremes to prove my point, which is a terrible way to argue with people because there's no way to argue back. But it's like, how often does Brad Pitt see his kids when he's filming? You know, I would argue not very much, and I am. Kind of as handsome as Brad Pitt. Spy so, calls know, himself the, the League of Legends Brad Pitt. Do you make that argument Correct. with your partner, by the way? Is that what you say? Absolutely. Like... Yes. <laughs> and Jenna's like, you're just a piece of shit. And I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, and how much does Brad Pitt make while doing that? <laughs> yeah. And that's what she says. And I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. You're like, yeah, but have you heard of these NA salaries? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like if LCS or LCK wants spawn, he's looking for Brad Pitt money, and then we'll be able to grab him <laughs> just just fine. Correct, Abunda. I, I actually, and you know, the great thing is that I have friends like Mark who have very kindly offered me my their couch if I ever need to live there for extend a period of time. I'll just sleep on Mark's couch. You'll be my my third cat. Yeah, I was gonna say. I hope you enjoy cats a lot because Mark's cats. Well, anyway. Sore subject. Um, let I guess we can also. So we obviously talked about OCE. I'm sure we'll get some calls about that. I I'm super happy to have folks call in, especially because like while this is a North American show, OCE is now North America. Um, I think <laughs> which tastes the freedom. Yes, redraw, redraw the maps. Yes. <laughs> so uh, according to Riot Games, uh, if you live in Australia, you are actually a, a resident of North America and. I previously thought these were different continents, but there's my a understanding is underneath the, the water that connects them. Yeah. Just gotta... uh, so, uh, but we were also talking right at the start of the show about world's performance. And so like, I know we need to get into call soon, but maybe we can talk for five minutes about expectations and spawn. You were saying you felt like um, there, they kind I, of met or exceed your expectations I, uh, of Mark. Go ahead. I did pull a caller that is NA, like their take is NA did fine. Sure. Um, so like maybe we could talk about it with a caller. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. To. I just didn't know if you, if you wanted to expand really briefly on what you were saying at the start of the show about sort of where they, they ended up. Yeah. I mean, I guess my ultimate thing was just like, I don't really know how to feel. I'm very conflicted. Uh, it went to expectations, even per perhaps overperformed expectations, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily good performance because like I was negative, you know, and like we still didn't get a team out of groups. And so like on the one hand, I'm happy in air quotes that TL and FlyQuest actually were able to take games off of the number one seed from LPL and LEC, you know, historically in the last two years, the top two regions, like taking, taking games off the number one seed feels good. Tournament favorites as well. Like cool. But like that feels like a consolation prize and I still shouldn't, I'm not still not really happy. So like I don't know, it's it's a big, and then TSM itself is a huge meme. So like the whole the whole thing is like, I don't I don't have one unified feel on on it as an NA, NA person. Well, the OCE people on Twitch chat are now spamming Kaykona. 
So uh, there, it sounds like they're already getting ready to for the, for their new world. Anyway, uh, I guess I guess we could start getting into calls then. Mark, is there any are there any ground rules you want to lay? It looks like you've already pulled a couple. I've already pulled a couple um, while while we were talking. Uh, but yeah, if people haven't seen the show before, this is a live call-in show. Uh, you can go ahead and join up on the Discord. Or just spam to a chat with it when you get in there. Uh, go ahead and join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls Two voice channels and mute your microphone once you get in there. No one wants to hear a mouth breather. Uh, and then go ahead in your pleb topics text channel up above, go ahead and type whatever it is your take is. You think OS will still perform great at MSI Worlds or I don't know, whatever whatever your take is. Uh, if, if it interests me, I will pull you into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your turn. I'll hop down, do a quick audio check with you, make sure you're good to go. And then uh, we'll pull you into the on-air room to be talking with all of us. Yep. And uh, if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Maybe if you have a Prime right now, you can drop it. And maybe if you're listening to the YouTube video or the Twitch or the podcast, you can go to twitch.tv slash Travis and drop that as well. But uh, you can also join the subtopics chat, which moves a little slower. And so that gives you a bit of a better chance of, of getting on the show. But no guarantees. We don't we don't guarantee anybody anything. Travis, you really got to work on your plug. Ready? This is how you do it. Ladies Mark, go grab gentlemen. a caller while Spawn is doing this. Think... About how much of this show you just watched and how much of it you just enjoyed. That's time. No. Time is the most invaluable thing in the world. Now, just ascribe a dollar value to that time. You know, how much do you get paid at the moment? Is it more than $5 an hour? Because this show is going for $5, at least $5 an hour right now. So smash that subscribe button and get in there with Travis. Otherwise, we're cutting the show right now. It's going to end. I need a couple of people to actually true, true. It sucks. No. So, so yeah, that was the problem is when you start off the, the, the ongoing joke with this show. And I tell myself <laughs> that it's a joke is that nobody's really enjoying it. So when you start off with the, the idea that people are enjoying the show, it's uh Hey, I've just you, seen three pop up. Yes. I three pop up. Pay, pay $5 an hour for ear tor- torture. Yes. Thank Thank you. <laughs> Hey, with with uh, if you're a prime gamer, they're no longer called Twitch primes. But if you're a prime gamer, you can you don't even need to pay the five dollars. You're already paying more to Bezos, and so he's going to pass some of that along to us. Anyway, I'll shout out those yeah, no, subs. But that's in a when second. the tier twos come in. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, I'll I'll shout out those subs in a second. But first, we have Human Boy here, who is a Total War Gaven reference, who is currently playing Total War Warhammer Two. That's my on the show. Is when people come on the show and their Discord shows them not really paying attention. Yes, yes. Well, either way, welcome back to the show. You've been on before, right? Uh, yeah, and I have paid attention. I listened to a whole Steve interview, Brock's interview, and then a bunch of Let's nonsense go. about a non-region getting kicked out of the uh, kicked oh, out. Oh Jesus! I, oh Christ. Jesus Christ! No, nah, just kidding. It's an entire continent. It's a fucking tragedy. Spawn is. Not happy to be on the show based off of our first caller. Anyway, welcome. I was, I was joking. I love. Where those. are you calling from? Uh, Rochester, Minnesota. Rochester, Minnesota. Looking like a true Skaven. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I called a while ago saying NA will do fine at Worlds, and despite community sentiment, I actually think we did do fine. Um, and one of our teams exploded. But that's, you know, that happens. Like Mad Lions blew up and we don't have four teams, you know. One of ours blew up, one of theirs blew up, it's whatever. But, like, if you think about it, going into a group with China, EU, and 
the PCS. I mean, the PCS isn't a joke. They, they usually don't do great, but they're not a joke either. And we went three and three. That's fine. We actually went one and one with literally every team, which, you know, normally we go zero two versus China. And then FlyQuest in a group that they were supposed to go, you know, one and five by a lot of predictions, because UOL is also also a pretty good team. And then they had top esports and DRX. Uh, week one looked pretty sus, but week two, they took DRX to a pretty good game. And then they beat Top, who's a tournament favorite. And then they kind of pounded on UOL. So, I mean, three and three, 50% win rate when NA is the fourth best region. I say we take those. Okay, well, <laughs> let's be clear here. We're not 50-50 as a region. Like, you're doing what, what, Mark, where did we see this? Or was this a take or a tweet or something like that? Where it was like, let's just call TSM their Azale own. Said it. Azale said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I think Azale tweeted it. Let's create, give, decide that TSM is their own winless region. And otherwise we did 50-50. Um, look, I'd be feeling a lot better and saying we did fine if we had TSM go 0-6, which is disastrous and a calamity. And then like FlyQuest or TL limp out of groups. You know what I mean? Like at, then at least then we average out to like well one of our teams just completely failed, and then the other team overperformed. Then you end up at kind of like a fifty-fifty point. Like I, I'm not saying. I was actually thinking about this earlier, and I referenced it in the Steve interview, which is up on my channel. If you haven't, somebody's listening and they haven't seen it, they can go do that. But. Part of me wants to say that we did okay given the teams that we sent. And if you think about it, TSM hasn't been to Worlds in years and they did not look good. And then with a roster change in between the splits, they... Oh. <laughs> what? Mark? I like Spawn's face. I totally agree with it. Oh. Given the like, teams we sent, the top three teams, given the, if we had a sent four and five, they would have done much better, everyone. No, 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 okay. But, go to Guardians instead. Okay, here, let me explain. Well, I mean, I mean here, here's in the past, is, is saying that, like, TSM hasn't been there for, for, in years. Top Esports has never been. Sooning's never been. A lot of these players have never been to Worlds, and they do well. Like, I don't think... Look, I, I, I forget who was, I forget well, who was if, going off. I don't know if at some point in time I'll be able to finish my point, but if I can, let me know. Go ahead. Okay. You have the floor. First off, I don't think we are China, where we're just this mill that is generating amazing talents and amazing teams and constantly expanding the league. So I don't think comparing us to top is uh, a necessarily fair assessment. But what I'm saying is that in the past, we have sent teams like Cloud9 or a TL who was coming off of four back-to-back, -to -back to whatever the Captain Flyers call is, victories. This time we sent a TL that was ninth place in spring, FlyQuest, which is FlyQuest, and have managed to turn themselves around a little bit this year. And we sent TSM, who, again, like is a team that hasn't been to Worlds for two years, has been pretty disappointing historically, um, and has only managed to get their shit together uh, right, right before Worlds in Summer Split. And so... Going into this, like I, I think it's fine to have looked at these three teams and had less confidence in them than we did, for instance, when we sent TL and Cloud9 last year. That's kind of my point. See, yeah. see, the way I look at it is like if narratively you look at LCS yeah. 
from a narrative point of view, you can spin it however you want. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's my thing. Wise. Yeah, yeah. So but if you look at it actually analytically, and this is like what, like, obviously, minor Mark's challenges on the broadcast, is what you actually sent is the first North American team that was able to win through playing top side of the map in a top side meta. So you're expecting TSM to do well automatically. They're the, one of the first North American teams you guys have ever sent that plays the game to the appropriate meta at the best tournament in the world. They went 0-6. That's a failure, in my opinion. You sent FireQuest, who, once again, my understanding is they have one of the best junglers in the league, if not the best jungler, that is willing to play more up-tempo League of Legends than historically North America has been able to play. Once again, that's a successful meta that is played on the world stage. They did fine. And then you have Team Liquid that is slow and methodical, and you were hoping they would get back to their slow, methodical playstyle. And hey, when they played that way, when they altered their draft in the uh, second round robin, they had some clever level one sure. But even in the games where they got super far ahead, they still back fell back to objective control and team fighting. Like that's why for me, Team Liquid is a team that bang, they get the pass mark straight away. Team Liquid, if you break it down, like actually passed or succeeded like my expectations of what the third seed would do i think flyquest is like close you could make an argument either way tsm in my head outright failed at worlds i mean so you're gonna have a hard time three, finding anyone who disagrees yeah, with you yeah, there like th this isn't a meatloaf song right it's not two out of three ain't bad you don't get to disregard a third of your region <laughs> you, you have to take them all uh, on account like, yeah. wait but isn't that what is can, can i have one bad faith argument it, well, hang on. Just I just want to point out it's very funny because at the start of this, Spawn was saying like, "Oh, I think NA actually did fine." And like, blah blah. Well, that's because just... I think NA equals O's. So when you beat O's, you'd already exceeded my expectations. Uh, okay, okay. Good job. Nice. Uh, anyway, human boy, sorry, you were gonna make yeah, a bad go, faith give argument. Give us, give us your bad faith take. There's, there's one bad faith argument. When LGD or uh, was it RNG? Did they fall out in groups or whatever? Whenever one LPL team completely shits the bed. You don't say LPL is a bad region. You're like that team boomed. When you watch, when it like, happened I, in 2015, I literally got memed for four years. Absolutely, yeah. that happens. I got but, and, but no one says LPL is a bad region. They're like that team boomed because they and fucking I, won worlds. Do what is this <laughs> argument? No, it, it's a bad faith argument. My point is, is watching TSM like the dragon where Graves walks up to four people and Galio's running away from just Graves instead of zoning him, and they let him get the dragon. All right, all right, all right, TSM that, boomed pretty hard, so it's like all right. Let's let's you, you can't let me, discount them, but they're not. Yeah, TSM, I, I, I tweeted as much that TSM's collapse is on them, and it's not necessarily reflective of the entire region. But that, yeah, just because you ignore that doesn't mean the rest of the region did well. We didn't get out of, we're the only major region that doesn't have a team out of groups. Two years in a row. Two years in a row. Two years in a row. This yeah. was actually, and the sad thing was, this was in many ways a better year than last year was, where we only beat LMS teams, basically. Like, yeah, we, we actually have... took took games off major regions. I mean, TSM went 0-6. When, when, when Clutch went 0-6, it was against a lot of tournament favorites, which is why I actually felt less bad about that. And they were the third seed. Which and I they were the like, third yeah. seed. They struggled in planes and stuff. You know, it wasn't like there were these expectations on them to actually do well in that group. So, like, that's why this is a weird year for me because, like, okay, those two teams did better than last year and technically better than my expectations, but it's still not good. They didn't, like, overperform to the point that they actually got out of groups. TSM massively bombed and is, like, an embarrassment. So, like... Yeah. Like this is why it's so hard for me to say NA did fine when is that what is this like what you're saying NA fans should be happy with year over year from now because fine to me is like you you you're okay with it I so you're you're I, saying I, you're okay with NA never getting out again and, and having performances like this you're fine with it uh 
yes, in a way, and I'll keep it short because I know we got to move on. I'm fine with NA going three and three. Not every year will that mean you don't get out of groups. Not every year will you not get a tiebreaker. Shit sucks that it happens. But like, I'm such a broken NA fan that compared to last year, where we just got clapped all day, every day, I take three and three. I take that in spades every so here's, year. Here's the thing, another point that I, I forgot to mention, which was why I, I don't know how to feel about it. I had no hope at any point because our week one was worse than our week two. And in a lot of times, a lot of the wins were pointless in a um, mm-hmm. performance at Worlds perspective from a like, are you going to get out or not? TL is kind of an exception, but like they had already done poorly in week one and already had the, the Machi. Yeah, they happen. had. I, they only started performing when things were out of their control. Right, which is how things often go for NA teams. Is like they play their best once once they're out from under the gun a little bit. Um, yeah. And so like that happened again with FlyQuest. And so like while it's cool they won and I'm happy about that, they didn't do it when it mattered to me. And so I don't know if I would have felt better about a promising week one and then a collapse. Like if you flip the two weeks. You know, like that might have felt worse in some ways from a hope perspective, but at least I would have had hope. Whereas this, this time I didn't, I didn't have hope at any point. After TSM went zero three, I was like, oh, we're doomed. And and TL lost the game to Machi. I was like, that's going to come back and haunt them. Sure enough, and FlyQuest, you know, just outmashing the group. I, I I don't blame them. You know, they have a tournament favorite and another t- like dark horse tournament favorite in your group. It's a tough group. Same way like happened to Rogue. At least we weren't Rogue and lost to PCS and did worse than them. You know, like. But but I, I don't know how I could ever look at this. And I don't think I can look at, look at this world and be fine with it to, to disagree with the caller. The caller is ultimately fine with it going three and three and stuff. I can't be fine. I never felt hopeful as an NA fan. I didn't really ever feel good aside from maybe play-ins. And even then, like I said, I expected to do fine at play-ins. So. Look, I guess I, I kind of going back to what I was saying before, Spawn shut it down. But I will just say, I think we did send weaker teams this year two worlds and i think that is why i'm less disappointed than i was last year i guess you have to kind of hedge it right i'm disappointed that we now have two years in a row of bad shit that feels really bad if i look at this world's in isolation like i don't think that we had i mean we did a hotline league with this um with kelsey and hysterics where they were basically saying yeah we don't think these teams are going to get out mark you were agreeing with them and then like the youtube comments were really upset about it but like we, I don't think, even if we had a good jungler, even if we had TSM playing more closer to the meta than they previously have, I don't necessarily think that that was a sign that we had good, that these teams were good, right? You can play to the meta, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're no, good. No, I, I disagree, because a lot of the points that you made initially were, and when the spawn called the narrative, I, I agree. You, you're basically saying, like, who's FlyQuest, and then... But like, and I know you said, oh, you know, LPS has so much talent and whatnot, but I'm just saying that, like... LPL. LPL has so much talent, but like, if you're sending rookie teams, I don't see that as an excuse for why they would do poorly. I I, I forget which analyst was talking about like rookie is just a buzzword for like uh, an ex- like it's basically an excuse machine because there's plenty of rookie teams or like young mm-hmm. players who go out there and pop off despite being Tyler either... Hero, my man. It was LS. Okay, yeah. Th- I mean, like, th- it's just it's true though that like. You can see other regions, rookies and younger players do well, um, and sometimes they fail, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you know players get better over the course of their career, so it's it's fair to say that like sometimes like Dom Juan's players were a lot of rookies last year, um, and they struggled a little bit. They still got out of groups and at least made quarters and stuff, you know, but lost the best of five. But like you know, 
I, I don't know. I, can I raise one thing as well? Because I see this a lot. People yeah, and then we'll probably end the call, but go for it. Collapsing to justify North America's poor performance. I don't think that's a good excuse. Yeah, and the reason it's not a good excuse because IG and FPX aren't here and the LPL is fine. And guess what? They didn't win split one. They won the Worlds back-to-back years, right? And the LPL is still sending good teams. So a collapse of one team doesn't actually mean that your second team is somehow worse. Like, it actually means they're better because they beat that team. I mean, don't you feel like... Okay, so one, I agree that the whole... Like, I'm never going to say that we sent bad teams because cloud nine collapsed. I think we just sent bad teams. Um, and, and so I, I think it's a separate thing uh, to yeah. your point though. I don't LPL will LPL has way more teams than us and they have way more players and they have all the stuff. So I definitely feel like if their first team doesn't, if their best team suddenly doesn't look good and you send your second, their second best team, I don't think that's the same as us sending our second best team, right? Like I think that the gap is going to be, greater because we have less teams as a whole um and so the the skill disparity is probably going to be higher i i don't quite agree with that and i also don't agree with like we sent worse teams this year because i mean like clutch is our third best team what or what what world would they ever be better than yeah yeah. i'm not saying that that the clutch and tl thing is the same but i do think if you average these three teams out they were probably worse than last year it's impossible to say because like i don't know maybe we could do a run an episode on it but i you would never that's not how you wouldn't be able to compare metas that way i just yeah. think that like when you look at the average strength of north american teams like going three and three and missing it's like it's pretty normal you know yeah like that's not out of the world like tl did that multiple times they've uh, done it four times now haven't they is that the stat three or four I times three and i three. think it might be might be three three and three yeah um but yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty standard. And the only swap is really Broxa for Smithy. I mean, tactical for for double F, but tactical play great. So I don't know. It's, it's like is TL that much weaker? Is this TSM that much weaker than the Hauntzer Sven versions? You know, I think so. yeah, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't really feel like it's that much weaker. Human mm-hmm. boy, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next call? Uh, yeah, two things. Uh. The meme would be summer in the electric counts, and on his more serious note, Spawn it it really sucks about us. I I like the Dire Wolves. I watched them for a couple years, and it sucks. Thanks, Human Boy. Appreciate it. Have a good one. See you. Okay, on to the next caller. Some shoutouts to some subs. Uh, we'll do one more caller, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Afo, MF Voodoo. The one and only Corbin, Sims Viking, Infamous Expandit, Steve, or Liquid112, Austin Hearth, Face Hair, uh, Blitz470, Frogman2004, Ernesto, Quiblo, and Rico Suave, TJ Salt, Laughster. Still, still just shouting stuff out because Mark's not here. Mark Tater, Fafo, I think it's a Fafo, Typhonoid, Backlog Bandit, Smoke Dog, Ichiru, Last Samurai 297, Javo, Ordero, Quitmelb, Why So Wavi, and Blitz470, who I just shouted out a second ago. Thanks for, I think you gifted a sub and maybe also subbed, but Blitz, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from the UK. From the UK. What time is it there? Uh, it's coming up to 5 a.m. Wow. 
Well, it's kind of cool. Uh, why are you staying? Why are you up right now? Uh, well, I really love the show. Um, love all the takes and the whole um, kind of format of it. So I just really wanted to uh, get involved, and I love the sound of my own voice. So all works up. Wow, you cool. have a nice voice. It's cool. Oh, that that's very kind of you to say. Thank you very much. Right now we have uh, Australia, North America, and the UK all on the the call. Anyway, the whole colony. Yes. I, no. Anyway, Blitz, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Um, so my take is that the issues of North America, mainly being ping, solo queue, population of server, and um, not being able to cross-region scrims, raised during shows like The Dive and uh, Jack's interview, should not be taken as they will only re- weaken the region and prevent improvement. Oh, so it sounds like you think that these the accepting these as excuses are mm-hmm. setting us up for failure. Let's... Sorry, say that again. I was just saying, it sounds like you're saying accepting these as excuses is only setting us up for failure. Absolutely, yeah. You hit the nail on the head there. Okay. Well, um, uh, oh, go ahead, Blitz, if you want to expand on it. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to expand a little bit. So, um, I mean, the the main two kind of parts around this is, A, these aren't really areas that are factors that North America can fix. So things like um, population of server, riots, always trying to increase the player base. I mean, uh, the ping is more of an infrastructure issue of uh, North America as a whole. Cross-region scrim is more of a geographical thing, so it's not really things that can be changed regarding... But when you actually get into the individual issues themselves, so things like ping, that's not really something that affects North America at Worlds, in my opinion. It wasn't an issue around mechanics, which is what ping really uh, causes problems for. It was more of a macro and a team play issue. So I don't feel like ping was a, a, a fault for North America at Worlds. Um, and regarding something like um, player counts, when you take, say, Europe, which has a 2 million player base and North America has a 1 million player base, I could probably put together, say, maybe 20 world-class players in North Amer- uh, in Europe. And then if I were to like half that for North America, I don't know if I could find, say, 10 world-class players. I could probably find the odd few, like Tactical, maybe Wild Turtle, maybe Johnson. But it just feels like out of a million players, you should be able to find at least 10 players. So I, I don't feel like that's necessarily a strong enough reason. Um, so for, for me, really, um, it just feels like these aren't really strong enough reasons. And that we should be looking at um, the areas that I think Mark raised quite excellently, um, mainly around how can we improve um, just the team play between um, the teams and how can we improve mentality and more of the macro side. Well, you say we can't fix the player base thing, but we just absorbed an entire region. <laughs> so I feel like that's, that's an example that is, uh, of this. That's a fair point. We just need to delete their servers now, too, so they have to play on NA. Yeah. Too, so that way we can fix our uh, our challengers. Yes. So the, I have a couple of friends that actually, and I, uh, one of the players on my team, actually, when we he played on the North American League, uh, the server in 2014, actually was challenger over there on 250 ping. So, you know, it's Let's very go. doable. Um, I don't know if that's a good sign for it. I don't, <laughs> so, I don't know if that makes me feel better I, about North American solo queue. Uh, one thing, if I can jump on this one first, is I think, like, let's let's be really careful here. Acknowledging issues doesn't mean that we're not working on solutions. Sure. And I say we in the North American brethren sense now that I am now a part of. <laughs> yes, and, I, and, and I think, And I think, like, 
acknowledging issues, like they can be used as excuses, sure, but they, they shouldn't be used as excuses. They are just the issues and you have to acknowledge mm -hmm. them before you can maybe move on to solutions. And if you don't acknowledge the issues, then your solutions are always going to be janky because you're not actually going to be attacking the root cause of the problem. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you don't say solo queuing is high, then you're never going to try and organize in-houses on a tournament realm that has lower ping, right? Which would be beneficial to pro players. I don't think anyone debates that because you're just ignoring issues, right? What I will say on the player base issue as well is that never undervalue the amount that a small group of highly skilled individuals will push each other. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, if you have six really good players that are playing all at the same time, they will create a seventh, but it's a force multiplier. If all of a sudden you have a thousand really good players playing at the same time, they are going to multiply much quicker because what you're going to get is you're going to get quicker Q-pops with higher quality of game and people are going to be punishing you for mistakes more and therefore you're constantly agitating each other and good beat breeds good. Like make no excuse about that. When in League of Legends, which is a different game to everything else, there's not really drills and stuff to do. You can't get better by punching a bag a hundred times. You have to punch someone else and like they can hit you back. That's how League of Legends people practice. So the quality of your practice does impact how good you are. And that's why I don't really get like the, you know, they should have at least half the amount of good players. Because like, I do believe there is a force multiplier behind that. In saying that, I do compare NA in League of Legends a lot to Australia in traditional sports because geographically isolated, blah, 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 blah. And they have been able to overcome it in the past. Like the Australian cricket team, for example, is a world-class cricket team. But what it actually takes is a lot of time and bringing in good infrastructure. And I think that this was the issue that North America first created and now has since rectified and is starting to see a slow uptick in results is when the initial imports came over, my understanding is they came over with not many coaches. However, I do think that the coaching staff in North America, to my understanding and to the best of my knowledge, is starting to get better and is starting to improve. And as long as they keep improving the coaching infrastructure, things will get better. Because the example I can point to is when the LPL bought over all their players, they didn't bring coaches and they had an initial upswing and then they sucked. And now the LPL coaches are some of the best coaches in the world. You know, they learned from the Korean coaches. They've taught people how to speak Mandarin and things like that. And now the LPL is a truly spectacular region to watch and they have a great depth of talent. So I think that the infrastructure that is being brought into North America will improve the scene. And whilst those are reasons the scene has suffered, uh, they shouldn't be treated as excuses, but as reasons. Is it true that Australian cricket was caught cheating? Yeah, we used uh, <laughs> sandpaper on a cricket ball against the... Okay, uh, so that's what we need to do then, it sounds like. You're saying... We need to sandpaper other people's mouses? <laughs> yeah. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Swan hit, hit a lot of the, the points pretty well, especially just, like, acknowledging an issue doesn't mean excuses. I think it's a fine line, but, you know, like, if I was four feet tall and I wanted to play in the NBA, like, at some point I should probably acknowledge I'm four feet tall. <laughs> you know, like... If I'm just like, why can't I post these guys up? I want to back them down in the paint. I want to dunk. And it's like, well, there is something different. You know, I don't know what most in, of those things meant. LeBron James, you know, like they're, acknowledging these differences doesn't mean excusing them and not finding solutions like Swan's saying. So like, I do think you have to sometimes look at, at these things. And the population point is less about, like you're saying, oh, you, you should be able to five, five or 10 good players and i agree travis and i actually last night before he posted that thing on his youtube channel which was using my argument from a year ago about population size 
Um, and she was like, can we say this is the number one issue? And I said, no, because when you look at like the talent on the, the rosters we sent to Worlds, they should have enough talent on them. Like, I don't think Team Liquid is lacking. You know, Tactical is, is a great find. He's been incredible. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's now performed at Worlds. And we can say, yeah, he's up to it. Uh, but the problem you have with this core group of guys like Spawn is saying is getting all of them on the same team doesn't just happen because there's people competing and you're, you're tearing this super team apart. Um, you know, G2 finally coming together. It took years to build that team. Like Wonder was on there for a long time with perks before um, Caps showed up and like Mickey showed up and, you know, Yankos, I think everyone Yankos showed up. He's, he he was on been. there for a while, I think. But Yeah, but the, the order that they all got there took took some time. And so like <laughs> building one of these super teams, one, if you don't have enough players, this isn't going to happen too. Even if you build it and then there's no good players left on other teams, who who's who are you really challenging? Uh, and so like the, the the player population size issue is not really about the top teams, like Spawn was kind of saying. It's more about like having disgusting talent or like a great diamond in the rough that's currently playing on a lower lower tier mm-hmm. team, which I think a lot well, of people you I mean uh, Peter has said this before in interviews after losses is like it, Peter's double it, by the way, guys. Uh, Travis can call him Peter because they're close like that. <laughs> the joke that keeps on giving. <clears throat> I call him Elion. Anyway, so the 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 uh, thing that he's talking about frequently is like it's really difficult when you are a top team and it feels like there's not great competition to compete with, right? What we really want are like three really great top teams, and we usually only have like one or two, right? Whereas people like L- LGD could have made it out, right? They would have had four really great teams um, in that, in, in all of worlds, right? Whereas like, it mm-hmm. does feel like whenever we send a third team, it's always kind of like, eh, I mean, I guess this year we sent TL and like, that looked pretty good, but frequently we're sending like a clutch or whatever. So. And let's be realistic, FPX and IG underneath the next couple of teams of the LPL also probably would have been near competitive enough to get out of the group stage right so like right. i agree with what you're saying here uh travis and like this is where it does impact solo queue as well because if there's only like three 80 carries on the server right as you kind of just mentioned uh, before mr caller who i've forgotten your name of already because i'm in a different discord reading something <laughs> uh blitz uh because what happens is like let's say tactical johnson and double lift all queue up at the same time well one of them is playing against a guy that doesn't have a posable thumbs now <laughs> and is like they're just destroying him. I'm not sure if the drop off is that big, but yeah. Like I mean, like we call them asteroids in us, right? You, you hit an asteroid and you want to dodge. Um, so like, uh, so like what? A, and like then, but then put the supports in there, right? So because like obviously it's a duo lane. So all of a sudden you get a stacked team on one team that has a great eighty carry and support playing against maybe just a great eighty carry and a mid tier support. So then your practice quality. It's just seriously depreciating, and that's why like boot camping in Korea and, and stuff and, like that is donated. And, and queue times and all those things add up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think you know the, the population size issue basically just comes down to as as you say, you know, like okay, we find a tactical, they find two, and now there's a tactical on on two of their teams, and you know, f- just do that for every position and every player that you think is good in NA, and for China, do that times ten, <laughs> and you start seeing where these these why the player base thing does matter now to your point that we haven't touched on at all is kind of the second part which is the in-game reasons which i think this is going to be my my hipster cap moment um because travis was necroing all these old videos last night and like how many times we've talked about this because like 
to be honest, Travis and I are very tired of, of talking about why NA is bad. We've been doing it our whole careers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't wish it away, mate. I wished away the OPL and it actually came true. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love being terrible and being able to talk about it. But I do mean, like, he was watching one of the videos and, like, going over the points I was making in that video from, I think it was 2017, you said? Yeah, 2017, Yahoo Esports after MSI. It's the same conversation. Like, it's literally point for point some of the things I'm talking about here. And it's that's why it can get a little exhausting to get into, like, the, the issues that the the non-controllable issues, like you've identified, Caller, which is a great point. These are things you can't, you don't really have control over. You can you can try and push for some changes. Like, can we shard the North American high elo system so it puts the the game on a server on the West Coast when the majority of the players are on the West Coast to try and help them? It's a little weird because then you're playing on multiple pings, but I, I still think that would probably be preferred by pro players. I'm not sure, um, but like outside of these like systems that riot fixing, which let's be honest, they they might not. Um, yeah, I agree. You have to look at the things under your control and fix those. And that's where I think some of these kinds of other issues. I was I almost did one of those things, Travis, where I, I, I pulled a VOD to to have you pull up and I just didn't get around to it. I would have um, loved that. Would have been good content for my channel in a time. Yeah, we'll I do it. it. We'll do it another time. We'll do we'll do it another time. But I had this video I was working on to do at Riot, uh, for the analyst desk about why Licorice for a period of time, Licorice had a twenty two CSD top lane in, in NA through like ten games. He was gonna set the all time record for it. And I was like, what is he doing different than the other top laners to get this lead? And so there's a number of things he does that I think also exemplify problems in North America. And I always harp on top lane the most because I feel like it's the most neglected, but it does apply to all the others. When when people talk about like that killer mindset thing I was hitting on, that one play was like a split second decision thing. But I think it comes into draft and laning and how you approach team fighting and stuff and trying to wipe them and like these kinds of things people talk about. I think Dwayne B was mentioning this in one of his things like... Licorice will take aggressive counterpick. This is this is how Licorice builds a 22 CSD lead. And I have I had VODs and all these things pulled for Riot that I was going to send to Travis. I got too lazy to. First off, he takes counterpicks, real counterpicks, not soft counterpicks, hard counterpicks. You want to pick a range matchup, he'll pick Jason to inch or excuse me, he he'd tip play um uh Wukong. He's one of the first people to actually play Wukong in a range matchups in top lane and try and kill people. Uh he actually builds aggressively too. I watched Jason, I watched Jason's and NA build D Shield into Volley Bear and take about 300 damage throughout the entire laning phase and not trade aggressively. I watch Jace's lose lane priority versus GPs because they're, they're too afraid to contest barrels in the wave correctly. And so you just, you know, trade abilities and, as opposed to auto-trading. Like people, one, don't pick aggressive counterpicks. Then they don't trade aggressively to actually try and win the lane. And Licorice does. And he sometimes he got solo killed. People remember that game versus Someday where he got solo killed? He died because he was playing aggressively and actually taking trades. Mm-hmm. You can't get big leads if you're not willing to take risks and actually try and push those open so licorice would take really aggressive trades sometimes die for it sometimes get solo killed people remember the rune solo kills for as as an example rune someone who's willing to play aggressive as well um Mm -hmm. and they're willing to play aggressive they're willing to take these trades and either you get the solo kill or you get them low and then you have wave control and ganking for a low health enemy or ganking against low health enemy makes it exponentially easier to get the kill you don't have Mm -hmm. to kill someone from full health you have to kill them from half health and it's easier to execute ganks. And so ganks to Licorice's lane are actually extremely effective because people are low health. Um, this is when they were all stomping. You know, this, I, I killed this video because then C9 went on a terrible dip and it didn't really match the narrative. And it, it felt weird to analyze what they were doing right when they were losing from previously. But all these points, I think, still stand. They actually gank his lane and it's super effective. He knows the windows to call people. So like when they have the TF at six, he'll actually start playing more aggressive, like in the Wukong matchup, which also gets stronger at six. 
in, in a lot of these these situations. And they would actually, because people were low or set up in situations, he would be able to kill them, deny waves through this way. And then if they dropped the turret, he would actually freeze and do correct win- minion wave manipulation. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how he built a 22 CSD lead. And the amount of top laners in NA who will actually like do those steps consistently in a game is like close to, to zero. Can, yeah. can I, I think it's like, it's like broken. It's like Broken Blade is probably the only other one. Someday, as much as I love him in terms of skill and stuff, uh, for whatever reason, and I've, I've heard some different things, different reasons from some people who have been on 100 Thieves at different points in time, they've talked about, because that's like the big question mark for me around some. It's like, why doesn't he do this consistently? Either way, he doesn't do it consistently. He sometimes plays the tanks and kind of, it feels like, just plays what his team wants him to play. But I'll, I'll make this video another time. Sir, final thing. I'll make this video yeah. another time for you, Travis, and you can post it on your YouTube channel. But like, Apply that to all the lanes and all the positions. Like, how many players are really playing that way t- compared to, like, Licorice and C9 when they were really good? I mean, that was one of Jazuke's frustrations, was he just felt like nobody, everybody just in the mid lane would just play safe, not try to do anything, not take any <laughs> trades, and just wait for a jungler to show up. Yeah. How many played set like BDD did against Jens, or, uh, Bjergsen yeah. and Zillion? Like, no one That's played it that way. That, that was my point. Like, so I agree with everything Mark said, apart from the counterpick thing. Because what you should actually do when you're training players is that you should take the mean of the matchup and then challenge your individual player to beat that. So, and what I mean by that is like, I don't want a top laner that just gets counterpicked and tries to go 20 CS up. I want a top laner that gets counterpicked and tries to remain even CS. Like, I don't want them to overplay the lane to where they're dying, but say it is a negative 20 CS matchup. They should be applauded for playing the matchup in such a way where when they're negative 15 or negative 10 or they don't lose the two turret plates or whatever, like, they're doing their jobs. And I feel like that's an area of League of Legends that is completely neglected when it comes to, like, uh, how people talk about the game. Like, when Duncan Robinson shoots three-pointers, people just talk about, like, wow, this guy's a great three-point shooter. They don't necessarily say, yeah, but off the dribble, he sucks, right? And if you've got a weak side top laner that's playing tanks, like there are levels to which you can do this shit. And I feel like you have to be able to challenge every single person. I hate the argument that he's the weak side top laner, so it was fine that he lost his turret to Rift Herald. Because it's like, no, do your job better. Go ward the Rift Herald. Go contest the Rift Herald 2v3. Like do things to actually slow the pace down and do your job better than what you're actually doing your job, which is like just sit on the island and get blasted. Because I, I hear that argument all the time and I just think it's such a poorly constructed argument. I totally agree. Watch Rascal's game. It was from week two. He was on Volleybear. He just like took over the game on Volleybear. And like they did play to him a little bit, but like he's supposed to be the weak side for for (laughs) that team, which is a ruler led team in a lot of ways. And he is just not fucking doing nothing. Like he's detecting, he's going getting the scuttle crap. He's like getting vision down. He's in the, he's being annoying whenever he has land priority. And I totally agree. Like all those points that we just made, it is hard to do these things, you know, like. Mm -hmm. You have to be smart about it too. You can't just like brain off AFK <laughs> trade, have no health, and it's like, oh, their jungler came first because I wasn't paying attention to like my jungler's pathing. You know, like you do have to be smart about these things. But I feel like because some people might struggle with that part, they just say fuck it to all of it and don't. And instead of learning to do these these things, it's easier and you'll win more in the short term by saying, okay, don't trade as aggressively. And I've been a part of that problem for sure. Like when I was coaching back in 2014, I know myself and other coaches had that mindset sometimes of like, okay, did you really need to trade here? And you kind of stunt them long-term probably by having that mindset. And I definitely can acknowledge now that like, so that was probably some bad coaching. are the reason <laughs> we're losing at Worlds, Mark. Uh, if, 
if I was that influential, then like, holy shit, I'm awesome that I've ruined our entire region on my own. I don't think I was that influential, but I know that some coaches still have that problem uh, because I talked to some mm -hmm. players about what their VOD sessions are like, and it's a lot of nitpicking mistakes. Uh, you remember that leaked TSM spreadsheet from, I think it was a year or two ago, that was like, every time someone messed up, that like, here you go. And, um, you know, I, I do think that these problems are relatively entrenched in North America and it, it leads to this in laning and team fighting and side laning and drafting um, about not wanting over prioritizing, not making mistakes over, over other things. Uh, caller, yeah, I know, man. I know these guys have gone on these big rants, but uh, is there <laughs> to bring it back to you a little bit before we, we say goodbye. Um, what sure. do you think of any of this stuff? Oh, yeah, I didn't want to take up too much time as I know you've got some other great callers uh, coming along. So um, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed um, Mark's points. I think it was very eloquent um, kind of raising about the mentality issues and a lot of the individual kind of issues that can be improved. And I, I do believe in, in the same way that you do, Travis, that North America can be you know, a great region. We've seen flashes of it before. And I, I do think that there is the potential in the talent that can be grown. Um, regarding like um, some of Spawn's points, uh, which I made a few notes, like um, definitely like a small group of players who are very talented and work well together can make all the difference. I think back to 2015 with like Flash Wolves and uh, AHQ, just that a small group can make all the difference in a small region. And I, I uh, kind of just thinking more about the fact that, yes, it should be like almost as like a little kind of certification kind of at the beginning, just to say, look, these are some of the issues that we're aware of. We can't fix them like ping and, um, you know, cross region play. We're just acknowledging them. But let's now, I think it's really useful for the, for the fans to think, OK, what are we really going to improve on? How can I have faith in North America that we can improve? What can we actually see you guys change? Well, these are the things we're going to do. We're going to make sure that we're working on some of the mentality. We're going to actually play weak side better. Just some of those things give that greater hope to the North Americans to really believe, ah, we can do this. Cheerio. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I actually, Blitz, I really like what you're saying. I Yeah. I don't think that we have had a moment where like a, a team owner or a couple team owners or coaching staff or anything has come out and said, hello, I am team. I think that <laughs> these are the issues that are holding us back. It seems like you all do too. We are going to try to fix these ones because we think they are fixable. And here is our plan forward. I, you know, like at the very least, I think that that would be really helpful in, um, and instilling Ugh. some hope and confidence in the region and like even if that team goes forward and like just sucks maybe they'd get memed on a little bit but at least there'd be like an understanding of like oh okay like they have this clear philosophy behind the way they are approaching stuff next year yeah yes absolutely. i think what we really need is another jack tweet saying enough is enough <laughs> i feel like i see these every year but not by him specifically i just mean like you know the like the a team owner or two will tweet like, "I've had it up to here with NA sucking. Let's fix this shit." <laughs> and and you're, it's like, okay, cool. Now, what are you going to do about it? Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, so I you're mean, calling out Jack right now. Is what I was just saying. Obviously, C9 is the best org, <laughs> arguably in in NA. So, like, this sounds funny, but I'm I'm just saying, like, all right, what yeah, is that shirt other... that you're wearing right now, Mark? Yeah. Let me tell you, whoever <laughs> is in charge of sending merch out absolutely bombards me with C9 merch, and it works. Blitz, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? 
Uh, yeah, shout out to Alienware and Draftbuff for fantastically supporting the show. Um, I really appreciate the uh, great conversation that you guys had and the wonderful thoughts as well. Um, shout out to Iceman who gifted me sub. It was very generous of him. And, um, you know, shout out to Twitch chat. I know they always get memed on, but I really do enjoy all the little silly jokes that they make. Makes me smile. They, oh, don't encourage them. Thank you so much for the call. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good day. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break right now. Oh, now Twitch chat is insufferable. You don't, you callers don't ever validate this mob of people. All right. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> quick break to talk about Alienware, our sponsor. Right now, look, I've said this a little bit, and I think some of you have missed the memo, but you can go get free stuff in League of Legends. Oh, your spawn is using an Alienware monitor right now. That's already said. Added Alienware PC. Do they sponsor anything that you work with? Spawn? They sponsor order. Uh, oh, I had no idea. That's actually really cool. Shout out to uh, Alienware. You want me to keep going? You keep talking. I'll keep pulling products out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is fantastic. We're going to have Spawn on again in the future. The Right now, Spawn is showing you the M15, or is it the M17? This is a 17. Big boy. The M17 notebook. Very beautiful. You might notice how thin and light it is. Uh, really fantastic. That screen is fantastic. I don't know if that is the high refresh. 300 hertz. Oh, yeah. There it is. That's the high refresh rate uh, screen. Okay. It needs to be charged, and we'll figure that out <laughs> next time before the show. Uh, but th <laughs> thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring Order. Uh, <laughs> that worked out very, very, very well. Um, but let's also uh, tell all of you guys about the fact that right now you can go to Alienware.com slash Travis. Every day, so there's only a couple more days left of this, but throughout groups and just for a little bit afterwards, we've been doing a chance to win game where you can win uh, mystery skins and Hextech chests and ward skins and all sorts of stuff. Um, there's a banner at the very top. So literally all you need to do in your browser right now, and if everybody could do this, it'd be very helpful for me because then they'll be like, oh my God, Travis, people actually watch them. Uh, Alienware.com slash Travis, click the banner at the top where it says play every day for a chance to win. And uh, and go go get a chance to win. And um, there's all sorts of people have been messaging me some of the stuff that they've been winning or they've been tweeting me at uh, about it or pinning it in the Discord. And people have got some pretty cool stuff from that. I think somebody got a legendary skin. Uh, there's all sorts of interesting stuff. So go go do that. And then maybe if you're watching live right now in Twitch chat, tell us what you get. Because uh, and and you can play every day. So even if you don't get what you're looking for today, which like I they have a variety of stuff, including Alienware Arena points. But maybe if Alienware Arena points are not the highest thing on your list of hopes, you'd like a skin, uh, you can keep playing uh, for the next couple of days as well. Oh, somebody said they got a Coven Morgana uh, from a, a mystery skin. So there's all sorts of stuff um, over there. So Alienware.com slash Travis, that's our, our cool little world celebration that we're giving, uh, that we're running right now. And um, so maybe you can win more than TSM did at Worlds. <laughs> Thanks so much to Alienware for their sponsorship of the show. <clears throat> Hello, Mark. What are you Hello. deeply entrenched in? Uh, I was just reading Discord messages trying to find if there's more people to pull. I gotta okay. say, Spawn, are you free every week to hop on for five minutes and do some more uh, Alienware plugs? Yeah, that was uh, pretty good. 
yeah no i uh, i enjoy i i, I love alienware products even before i worked with alienware i had an alienware monitor and alienware laptop uh, all throughout uni like when i was failing my subjects to play league of legends it was all on an alienware laptop <laughs> did you buy you too could fail your subject this semester nope uh, yeah no i did um, okay i would always uh, you know Mark, Mark, I said the same thing when we got, when we had Alienware come in, he was talking a lot about the fact that he used their products for a very long time before. So yeah, Team Liquid had had a lot of their stuff when I was under them. Mm -hmm. So either way, thank you so much to Alienware. This this ad has continued on, but we're ready for our next call. We're going to be grabbing them. Uh, Balls Deep just sent a prime. Thank you so much to Balls Deep. Uh, The E's have been replaced with threes. So fantastic. Love to see that right after a sponsor plug. Uh, let's see. Berlando Jones, thank you. Game or GF, thank you. OPTSM fan, uh, thank you for gifting the sub. And we got our next caller here, Sakowitz. Sakowitz, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Dallas. From Dallas? Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed that, you know, North America, you know, for LCS, you know, the, uh, what's it called? The, was it spring, right? Spring. Yes. And Mark claims Mark claims that I can't ever. Everyone's always quiet, but maybe you can put your microphone a little bit closer because I'm I'm having a hard time. But yeah, this one's quiet. is that better? Yeah, that's better. Oh uh, yes, moved it two inches closer. Thank gotcha. you. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sorry that Spring Finals couldn't be there. Hopefully, we'll have some events as soon as all of this is over. But what do you want to talk about on the show? So I'm here to discuss Odo Omni's tweet. Pretty con- fairly controversial at the time. Um. I want to start by saying he he did apologize in part for what he said. Uh, for, well, for explain what the tweet is. Yeah, give some context around this. Okay, so Ottawa, uh, it, it was um, I think it was TSM's fifth game, and they had just lost, and they were giggling after the loss. They were coping with it, and Odo Omne tweeted, "Bro, I'll quote it, but bro, where the fuck is your competitive drive if you are giggling after O five? What the fuck?" And there was another thing he tweeted where it was like he'd be fuming, and then. I saw it without any context, so I, I was, you know, upset at him, and then I thought, oh, is this just me? No, For, you know, and then Freak gets mad, and then a bunch of people get mad at him, and then Dash gets mad, and then everyone's kind of attacking Odawamne. He did apologize for, because he talks about him dealing with it differently, but that doesn't excuse that, you know, coping mechanisms are really far and wide, and people need to understand that, you know, players cope with things differently because of... Yeah, I don't know, the mental health issue. So I, I want to talk about why that take is specifically shit. Um, because <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't Otto mean to be that aggressive. It's just, okay. yeah. Uh, no, no, Otto, Otto Omnic is a great, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy. It's just, it's but you're saying you disagree with his take, to be clear. Oh, yeah, this take is awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so TSM was already, you know, out of groups the moment they were, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was when they went 0-4. Like yes. there wasn't even they a chance, had no chance, no right? statistical chance to do it when they or make it out after they went zero four. So at that point, there's already you know th- th- there's already okay, they're just playing for pride now. So any loss from here on can't really hurt you know more than it already did in terms because especially when you consider all the players you know they wanted to get out of groups that was their goal. Two coping mechanisms can vary. I already kind of said that, but even still, humor is a great way of lightening a mood so it takes out on stressful situations so you can't really attack someone's coping mechanisms especially when you know that 
um, Doublelift and Bjergsen and Biofrost are extremely frustrated with, you know, what what was this? Bjergsen's eighth, eighth, seventh or eighth time, right? Not getting out of groups. I'm pretty sure. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a lot. So they're already frustrated, and so questioning their competitive drive is already a no-no. And then Speak and BB, who are on the world stage for the first time, these you know incredibly young talents, are, they they probably have more drive to succeed than you know almost anyone at Worlds because they want to prove themselves. And so questioning competitive drive in a sense is almost is almost laughable. Well, all right. So, so a couple things. Like he already apologized, and kind of, you know, like like you said, yeah. made some of these things. So I don't think we need to go quite so hard. I mean, people sometimes just see that and they like they self-insert the same. Like you're talking about some of these, these psychological terms, like coping mechanisms and stuff. And yeah. like, I, I think you know the idea of you picture yourself in that situation, and you go, if I was there, I would I would be like this. And you know, I agree that people are different and. You know you, the way you react to these situations is different, but like I don't really fault Oiwamne that hard. I mean, mm -hmm. the, oh no no the, no, he he did he did uh, specifically say that like he was you know, he he handled those issues differently, but he never really he never really you know stated that he never really apologized for the specific part on you know attacking that coping mechanism. Yeah, he well, just I, said that he handled it differently. Yeah. So, anyways, either way, I think like he got clapped back pretty hard on already. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think it was some of that was equally as over the top. Is is I had, I was totally like out of it. I didn't see this at all until like uh, later on in the. I day. think I pointed it out to you when I said freak is yeah. going off on people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I didn't even notice it. Um, but I think you know I I don't think TSM didn't i think tsm cared after the fourth game so i linked a screenshot of how they looked after that and it was it was pretty pretty angry this is the same thing that happened with like the the ninja tweet and like azale's whole i'm a literal world champion like mm -hmm. you know people can react differently and stuff i think it's one of those things that i i actually don't have too strong of an opinion on <laughs> I'm, okay the only thing i have a strong opinion on so like i'm gonna jump in here and i'll fly my flag and then everyone in chat will hate me forever and i'll never get invited back on this show but Let's like, do it. If you do not want every single pro player in the world to withdraw into a bubble where they don't give their own opinion on anything, the audience's opinion has to become measured at some point. Like, you can't just clap back this hard every single time a pro player puts a bad take out there. Like, sure, the take was like a little bit on edge and maybe a little bit in distaste. But the amount of clapback that I saw from North American fans, like, including like, and not exclusive through racism, death threats, like everything else, like, people are just going to stop tweeting at you, dude. Like, they're going to become traditional sports stars. Like, how often does Neymar actually get added in a tweet and respond? Like, it doesn't happen. Whereas esports fans do, uh, players do that because they care about their fans. And the more often that people just clap back incredibly hard and incredibly irrational, like, they, they will just withdraw. They'll get so they'll give their phone to social media managers. Social media managers will handle all their shit and they're not going to do it anymore. There are already so, some like, teams or players that do that. Yeah, correct. So, like, was his tweet maybe a little out of line? Like, Sure. Did TSM have any issue with it? I guarantee no. I guarantee if Doublelift looked at that, he would be like, I made worlds, this guy didn't. Like, you know, I got my own shit to fix before I fix like what my perceived perception around my response is. And like, I like a world where people can give their opinion. People can say like, you know what? I think you're wrong. Like this is like, I like when people just write, this is a bad take. I hate when people are like, 
fucking justify your stance and like, I like the uh, the best time to delete this was <laughs> yeah correct <laughs> yeah and so I just think like you know and maybe I'm like I'm from a much smaller region where like I could name like our top a thousand fans probably off their like Twitch chat and like off their engagement with me on social media right so OS is a much more intimate situation but I just think like y'all are scaring away the players like fans like this are just scaring away the players from the platform that matters the most which is social media in my opinion i don't know, I, I, I don't know. so it one felt counterpoint little, it, it felt a little disrespectful so one one counterpoint to that though spawn so first off callers there's always a lot of nuance in this stuff it is like a scale or i said to callers um i mean viewers it's a scale, so it's nothing. It's not like one or the other. Let's get booted off the show, Spawn. But I do, I do. Here's the here's the only thing I worry about, Spawn, is whenever he does tweet something like that, all those people, like the the same type of person who is going and sending him like really shitty messages, will look at what he is saying there and use it as validation for making attacks on the TSM players, right? And that is my one concern. Is like I do think pro players need to be. Like I, I think it's fine fine for the community to be more understanding when somebody has like a really bad take and is like, okay, this is like a young pro player who probably does not have as much thought uh behind every single tweet as they probably should. I just always worry also about whenever something like that happens, like the amount of people that will use it to justify like you don't even care about the game when like I know all those TSM players do, right? Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying just in particular to the Otawamna tweet. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I think people that are jumping really hard on the TSM hate bandwagon also fall into the category of people that I'm talking about, which is like, should Otawamna have been told to like remove the tweet? Like, absolutely. No. Is it okay for you to know. like No, hang on a second. Like I'm saying by media manager or someone within the organization that he works for if they think this is a bad representation of his personal brand or the teams can he be told to remove that absolutely can someone like freight say like the best time to delete this tweet was like now uh before you like sent it the second best time is now or whatever the heck the meme is right i'm, I'm an old man but i do think that like the vitriolic reaction mm -hmm. to all parts of social media is scaring away pro players how do i know that because i manage 40 pro players yeah. And they're all shit scared to go on their phone. I mean, the easiest thing is to... Actually, I guess a lot of people who watch the show or follow League might not remember this, but from 2011, 2010 even, 2010 to like 2014, I'd say, maybe even 2015, pro players did AMAs on the League of Legends subreddit all the time. Like, every, I feel like every six months, Doublelift had an AMA. Uh, other players did it a ton too. I don't know how many of them are still there um, or competing, but... You can go find all these. I don't remember the last time a pro player did an AMA. Like, I think Ole did maybe after he left um, at the North America region or whatever. But, like, comp active competing players have withdrawn almost entirely from a subreddit that they all used to mostly post on. And mm -hmm. I think that's unfortunate. Like, it, it, it has, they've, they've erected a wall that they need to, um, to deal with this. And I know a bunch of people are going to come in and be like, Hey, that's the way it's gotta be. That's how it is in traditional sports. You should just never look at Reddit or whatever. But like that type of thing just assumes that we have to be this way. That like the community has to be this hostile. Um, and as we've talked about a lot on the show, I don't, I don't think that that is necessarily the way things have to be. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's I what like, I'm trying to say. I I agree with Spawn's point a lot. You know, like if someone has a bad take, you can 
tell them it's a bad take. You can meme it and stuff. Uh, but responding just as angrily to like whatever anger they might be causing is is definitely not not great. I think memes are funny. You know, like I, I remember uh, the conversation we had around when Forgiven, uh, like basically quit on Shulk. <laughs> uh, you know, like he got so much shit for that take, uh, and like. You know, it's like there. You kind of have to split the two. Like memeing that take is something. Like, how can you not? <laughs> you know, especially yeah. after Shulk almost made worlds. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Uh, people like going after his entire character. Probably not great. Mm -hmm. Discussing his career in a larger context and his history. Probably in the middle ground, and, and makes sense. You know, like there are these different responses that people have to this stuff that I think. You don't want to cut out all conversation and say, you know, you can only joke. You can't have a serious discussion about it. It's just like that third one of like, all right, now you're just attacking him. I mean, the great example of this is this video that I will give Mark full credit for coming up with the idea on, which was the one that we released this week that was uh, memeing on all the takes uh, that Reddit had about him being a terrible analyst for predicting TSM 06 and all this stuff. A lot of the, the feedback, the Mostly, I think that video was well-received, but a lot of the people that I knew didn't like that video. Um, have you seen the spawn? I'm guessing you haven't. It looks like you're looking No, I haven't. It. Just go, no, go to my Twitter. I posted it yesterday. It's only like okay. two minutes. Um, and it's a, it's a callback to an old Reddit video about Reddit knows balance or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's on YouTube as well for anybody listening to the, the show later on. But uh, a lot of the, the criticism of that video, the people who felt like I shouldn't do that video were like, yeah, but Ellis has gotten these things wrong before, and also other analysts disagreed with the TSM-06 take. So, like, how dare you suggest that Reddit was wrong to suggest he was wrong? Mm -hmm. That video, if Reddit had just said, oh, I disagree with Ellis's take, or I think he's probably going to be wrong about this one, or honestly, it seems like it's not very likely, I could not have made that video. The reason I was able to make that video, and the reason it was so funny, was because you have people in there that are like, this guy is not a real analyst. No real analyst would ever say this. Analysts, uh, uh, there was a line in there. It's like, there's no such thing as a, a analyst that works for a broadcast. All the real <laughs> analysts work for teams. Like, that is the thing. It's like, that video is not possible. It is not funny in a world where everyone has a measured response to what LS is saying. But when the top comments are like, what an idiot. Um, you know, like that's where that video becomes possible and funny because people start making all these weird personal attacks on him. The funniest one was the one that did like the math on the probabilities. Like even if TSM is disadvantaged 90 to 10 in every matchup they go into, like here's the math behind it. I actually love that one being, people thought that was a bad one because I actually think that's a good point. Like about how bad TSM would have to be <laughs> to go 0-6 and then they went 0-6. <laughs> so like that one was great to include just to show like the math. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I don't know. That was, a, that was such a fun, fun thing to see. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying to the caller, that's a great video, by the way, Travis. I guess Thank what you. I'm saying to the caller, in this case, I think Odo's take also wasn't a great take. But I think that I'm more forgiving on pro players having a bad take every now and again and, you know, getting told politely, hey, this is a bad take, than having mass pro players withdraw off social media in the way that it's currently happening. Because I think that's really bad for fans in general. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, the t I mean, I guess I was particularly upset at like that whole TSM hate culture that you mentioned specifically mm -hmm. because um 
I mean, what in ter- I mean, Oduwamne's take it it was kind of part. It kind of enabled that. I I don't want to say it enabled. I'm not sure because I'm sure he didn't. He doesn't want people to hate on you know those players because he's a pro player himself, and I'm sure he feels for the them losing, but unintentionally i think you know he did kind of enable some of i'm sure some people to right i guess reaffirm yeah, yeah, yeah. tsm garbage get everyone off the team restart yeah uh, and it's kind of it's a... one of those things where like i think you know the the enabling that goes on is something that is real you know i've probably been a ham uh, a, a cause of some enabling myself at times because i i'm often Hashtag trying to pooking. Mean, Hashtag poo gang, right? But like, I talked about that one. Like, you know, like to me, that was supposed to be a dumb joke about his name. But people actually took the KDA I posted and were using that to argue that he's a, a bad player or whatever. You know, and like that can happen. The enabling thing does happen, but I I don't think it's always the best to conflate the and the people who are using your thing against its intention with what its intention was. Um, so like, I don't think. You, you know, like Oda was being critical of the players there, but I don't think he was trying. I don't think he was necessarily the same person as the guy who's like, "Fuck TSM, Doublelift needs to retire." It, you know, and those people no, are their no, own he, their own people in a lot it. of ways. He, did, he definitely didn't mean it in that. Way. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so, Sakowitz, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out? So hashtag Alienware. You know, Alienware.com slash Travis Draft Buff. Thanks. This show is actually just incredible. It is. It is a. Sp- a huge star for the league community. Um, shout out to you TXM Youngboy. Shout out to, I don't know. Oh, all the amateur scene stuff. Challengers Uprising, Focus Esports, all of that. Thank Hi- you so much. etc. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you. And if people do way, agree I, I that this show is great, the they should help finish the, the hype train that's going on right now in the chat. We've only got two minutes left. Sorry, go ahead, what'd Spawn. You, what'd you say, Spawn? I think what he was trying to say is this iteration of the show is great. I, I don't know whether you were saying Hotline League was great. I think what he was trying to say is Hotline League with Spawn. I will great. say we've had longer and deeper conversation with our callers tonight than usual. Usually we we're not you know, having like, conversations with the callers. It's just you and Spawn talking to each other. Spawn, do you want to do a podcast? Again? Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for <laughs> for you guys to just be like, oh, I did the latte. I have this latte Travis machine. Out. Let's cut the callers out. I think we'd have a great product. <laughs> You know what? Please don't give working. the YouTube commenters ideas. I have a I have a relationship with Alienware as well, Mark. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah, I'll start oh no! You. Oh no! 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 Uh, one one minute left on the scam train. Uh, by the way, um, you guys did spawn. Uh, spawn. You convinced Mark to buy this espresso machine, and so for four nights of groups, I had to hear Mark just talk about this constantly. Like, oh, I just had this conversation with Spawn. I'm gonna. I, I'm thinking about getting an espresso machine. We're talking about an espresso machine. Then the next day, I was like, "Oh, I forget if I told you about the espresso be- machine." But I ended up buying the espresso machine. And then the next night, it was the espresso machine just got here. I have to go make a latte, and he was telling me about it. And uh, oh, there in, in a look into the kitchen somewhere in there is an espresso machine. Let's see if I can get it. Can oh get yeah, it. we can see it a little bit. Yeah, just this is yeah. the worst. Yes! Oh, yeah, there it is. It's a beauty. Oh, it's a beauty. <laughs> yeah. The scam train has crashed. We talked too much about espresso machines. Do you want to go, go grab the next caller? Yeah. I'm going to BRB one second. Okay. Hello, Twitch chat. The scam train has officially crashed. Oh, it's off the rails. It's over. 
Thank you, Boba Cola, for gifting a sub to uh, Izinto uh, Diacor for subbing the Squirrel Knight. Squirtle Knight. Sorry. Casual Gamer Knight. Casual Gamer King. Loyal White Fox. Black Plutonium. It, that's about it. We're waiting for Spawn to get back before we take our next caller. But Mark is in the room as he's fixing his uh, his stuff. My focus. Yeah. Blue Jay's also here. I know. Well, I'm waiting for, for Spawn to get here because I don't want to... Oh, Harry Houdini. Thank you for the year one. People people are saying that I should have um, Spawn on the show more, or we should have Spawn on the show more, and maybe we will if he's going to become a North American resident now. Because normally the show is very LCS-focused, um, and uh, during especially during the non-international time, so... Yeah, he's maybe. busy running a team. Well, yeah, he was more so. Yeah, yeah. So he's pretty we'll damn good too, and he's not afraid to to disagree, which is also pretty good. That's I the like, uh, anyway. that's the world's chair, and so I really like the idea that they shipped Spawn a world's chair all the way to Australia, which must have been like a pain in the ass, just so <laughs> that he could have it on broadcast. That's actually pretty. I think he impressive. just printed it out. They just gave him a template, printed yeah. it, glue it on. <laughs> but. And as much talk as we've had about Spawn being a great guest, he's taken forever to come back. There he is. He's oh, he's, earned his. Oh, here we go. Oh, what is this? I, it's ha he can finally announce it. Congratulations. TL has now picked up another caster joining their roster as an analyst. You've, you've muted yourself, so we can't even hear you explain it, but I'm uh, really excited. I just, I, I'm just cold. Uh, there's nothing else here. I'm just very cold at the moment, Travis. It's winter time in Australia. Uh, while everyone is watching this clip on the Team Liquid subreddit, uh, please feel free to <laughs> click through and follow my channel so that you don't miss great episodes on on Twitch. Look, Look, I'm looking forward to the Jat Spawn podcast. I realize now that oh, I've, I've been. Oh yeah, out. that's what's happening. You're getting cut out. Yeah. Anyway, no, I just have I have just have friends that have uh, TL merch, so I get sent it as well. Much like Mark, I just wanted to flex as well on the on the audience. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? You know where I'm calling from. Also, hold on, are, are we trolling here? Or, or Spawn is like, what, what's going on here? I'm lost. Blue Jay, happening. where Blue are you Jay calling from? He was yeah, calling, calling from Canada. Remember, it's all the same to you. Just a northern frozen What do you want to talk about on the show, Blue Jay? <laughs> uh, my take, hang on, let me pull up the exact wording. So with Oceanic players being non-imports for the LCS, the LCS will improve, but this will not contribute to a better world's performance. And I can expand Ooh. on that a little bit if you want me to. Yes, please. So I actually think that it would contribute to a better world's performance if uh, Golden Guardians were likely to spend a little bit more or if there was an import that made sense. But there's a couple of reasons or a couple of things that's wrong with that. One being... I don't know if you necessarily want imports because imports don't always lead to success. But two, uh, a certain YouTuber taught me once that Golden Guardian spends less than every other team or something like that. Maybe that's all I am too now. A YouTuber? Front. Yeah, you're a YouTuber. YouTuber yeah. Travis. You're not. A, you're not an interviewer for sure. You're not, not a journalist. <laughs> I don't want to be a YouTuber. Anyways. You like content creator, but not YouTuber. Even though, like, I don't even like content creator. Content There's just not a great word for me. You're a content creator. You just don't want to admit it. I mean, I Where no, I agree that that term. After it's done, I agree that that term is accurate. I just don't like it. It's, it's like a really weird term, you know. Like, 
I, I, I have such know. a bad comparison that like in another a uh, t- t- couple years ago I would have made instantly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm gonna put Travis Gafford the YouTuber. Let's go. So Blue Jack, where, where are we at? Because I'm interested in this question, even though the other two just want to meme you. So you, you think because Golden <laughs> Guardians don't spend enough money that it somehow hurts Osis increase into the league? Like, so yeah, sort of. Sort of. So, yeah, let me let me explain a little bit more here. So I think that obviously FBI was freaking awesome, and I think he is probably the best player we've seen come out of the Oceanic region. And I think that if Golden Guardians was able to find an import, they wouldn't be able to spend for that import anyways because. Well, they're all, I, I think they already spend very little and they also need to renegotiate or not renegotiate, but re-sign Huhi, which is now worth a lot more than he was a year ago. Why do so, they need to re-sign Huhi? Well, they don't absolutely need to, but I think Huhi had a pretty damn good split. And if you let go of Huhi, I think that team is worse. Would we agree with that? I mean, so there are a number of players that are coming up. Does anybody have the big list right now of players that are available Global for... Contract database? For, yeah, looking for, at it right now. I did a YouTube video. People can go back and look, but... Um, there are a number of players that are becoming available right now, and if I was Golden Guardians, I would consider spending now. I feel like now's the moment. You've been waiting three years. It's time to fucking spend because they've got like if if they just add in like one player to that that lineup, um, I think you know, I, and I don't know where the position would necessarily be, but they've got closer. They've got FBI. Ooh, he had a good split. I, I remain a little unconvinced about if he'll be able to do it long term, but. So I totally Later. agree, by the way, that now is the time to spend, but I just don't really think they will. Maybe they will. I don't I don't know as much as you guys do, obviously, behind the scenes, but nothing that they've done so far shows that they're willing to spend, and I hope that they change that. I think that'd be pretty sweet to see Golden Guardians make a push kind of thing. All right, so if, let's... let's. Sorry, Spawn, you go first. So I was going to say, is FBI considered better than Wild Turtle? Yes. Yeah. yes. He's so considered best in the league. Golden Guardian spending, uh, so it doesn't have to be Golden Guardian spending. It could be FlyQuest spending to acquire FBI. And would that team be FBI's better contract like, is not. Oh, you're saying to acquire like through a trade. Yeah, to acquire like via trade or via buyout, like turtle plus money for FBI. Like it, that's probably an attractive deal if they don't want to spend money, right? Like yeah, you know, that's true. If they want to, I would. I would be so surprised if Golden Guardians gave up FBI. It would yeah, just no, be but like, I'm, 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 like, but I'm just saying, right? Like, let's say that whoever owns FlyQuest is like two million bucks plus turtle. And we'll take FBI off you on a new contract. Like Golden Guardian's whole motto can change about we don't need to spend money right now. We can just be a talent farm, right? We can continue to test run the Oceanic players. And then when they have wings to fly, like just like Jack does with a, a Academy talent, you know, they're going to go up the chain. There are teams in the EPL that exist purely at the bottom of tier one to breed talent, to sell to upper teams. It's a legitimate business strategy, right? Not everyone has to be in it to win it. Um, also, Anero just, just Anero would love that. He's like, I'm just an Australian player yeah. scout. Like he loves developing players and he loves Australia, so this is his dream. And he loves his money. Yeah. And Wait, FBI what? did come from somewhere, Blue Jay. Uh, he was actually a part of my <laughs> team. So uh, you know, they, <laughs> I've got yeah. no shade against FBI. I think he's awesome. But no, but what I was trying to say is like there are other people like FBI. So I don't think that this is a golden like. Uh, what I'm trying to say is who do you got? Nick what do you got Smith for a spawn? Who can doesn't you send? own OPL? He, he's not I the own only OPL. One. <laughs> and Arrow's not the only person who can shuffle in these players and get them into NA. That's where I was going to go. Is like even if you think Golden Guardians isn't going to do anything. You know, to take this from a high tier two NA team into the contending for a title level because of spending. There's other teams that can potentially use Oceanic players 
to level up. Um, there's a number already that have been playing on C9 Academy that Fudge. We're, we're, Fudge yes. is definitely catching people Fudge out. Fudge and King. King, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's other players as well, um, like from like Rays, who I think people thought could be decent. Uh, Babip. I mean, there's just a number of players that I'm like, okay, they don't have a league anymore. Just bring them into Academy and see how well they do now compared to these other players. I know visas are tough and like we already talked about, but if you can, you know, that, that part aside on a talent level, there's no reason not to bring these players in and assuming some portion of them are going to be competing quite high against North American players, your region, our region should, should just as a very selfish take, North America should just be better off for this. On under uh, global league rules, are you allowed to talk about, what players are good and what players in a team should be picking up and stuff like that. So I'm able to say what players are good, right? Because like I've said it on the broadcast, I'm, I'm a, a commentator of the league. I can't tell you which players are con- currently under contract or willing to move to North America or that North American teams are looking for. Right. But like, yeah, but you could I, say I, I, who, I made a tweet, who we right? should pick up. Yeah. Yeah, correct. So I made a tweet. Uh, it's available on my page where like, I thought that 2019 was the best year of league of legends ever in Oceania. And we had four really good teams. So we had the Bombers team that went to MSI. We had the Mammoth team that went to Worlds. We had Order, which was my team, that finished second and third in that split, uh, respectively. Second in split one, third in split two. And we had the Chiefs that finished, I think, second and third as well. Like they, they, were, the, they were third in split one, second in split two. Of those 20 players, I guess, that is there, 14 of them are now overseas. So by my logic, there are six good players left in OPL <laughs> for people to like go and find, right? And the top half of the league was seriously stacked. So if you have a look at it, FBI and Ryoma were on the Bombers team. They're both in North America right now. Two of their Korean imports went back to Korea. Balkan went to Turkey, kind of got stuffed over on his contract is my understanding. So Mimic and Balkan, both very good players. Um, Rogue is still in the scene. He's a good support player. Um, on the Mammoth lineup, everyone but Babip got picked up to go international poor babbit um <laughs> so that was destiny went to origin king went to c9 academy fudge went to c9 academy and triple went to FlyQuest academy um they're all really great players babbit is a very good player babbit is left over on my lineup spooks went to golden guardians swiffer went to xl um they're both coaching staff and arrow also took my coach uh who was choo-choo's uh in fact there is a common theme amongst the team that an arrow pulls from, but I'll let the audience make a calculated decision on that one. I assume it's your uh, team. I think you don't need yeah. to leave it to the audience. I think you just heavily implied what <laughs> what he's doing. But that's the implication was there. Now you're making me make accusatory uh, statements. Travis can't connect uh, the dots, so he needs people to do it just outright. So I think I rare just... seven, rare seven was left over on uh, order, and we took him for another year, and we came fourth and second or whatever. Uh, he's a good eighty carry. Um, Ayla was on Chiefs and then Order this year. He won MVP actually this year. So Ayla was the MVP of the OPL. So I assume that means he's a good player. Uh, and then you've just got a couple of other random players. I think I went through four of the five. Claire was the last one I didn't talk about. He's been around since North American days, but he's he played on the North American server, got challenger as a 14-year-old. Now he's 22 and has eight years of competitive experience. Um, so yeah, there are still players left over in the OPL that would be immediate improvements of academy and potentially improvements on bottom tier LCS teams now that they don't take an import slot up. The big controversy was never can Ryoma play LCS. It's like, why would you import someone that is going to be bottom of LCS in my experience 
now like some of these players can flip between academy and LCS without taking up a spot and potentially in a year two three they'll be very good players because everyone kind of writes off FBI last year for some reason because he was only there for half a year but FBI did come split two of last year and let me tell you I had the same analysts that are telling me that Ryoma sucks telling me FBI sucked when he first got there and now FBI is the best AD carry in your region so like there is a chance that some of these players turn it around very good Interesting. Very interesting. Can I ask a question just because obviously myself, uh, I don't really know a lot about the Oceanic region prior to NA taking all these players. Um, where would you say Ryoma would have fallen as far as like the top players list in Oceania before coming over to North America? Just to give us maybe not a fair way of of, uh, of measuring this, but at least some way of measuring. He was top five. He never won MVP. Uh, when he was on the same team as FBI, FBI was considered the carry over him. Um, okay. They're best friends, by the way. Uh, for those that don't know, Tommy and Vic get on really well. Um, but he was definitely top three eighty, uh, top three mid laners. So Triple, who was the mammoth mid laner, was known as like the scaling team fight monster. Ryoma was actually known for like his assassin play in Oceania. Plays a really mean LeBlanc. Uh, and then Swiffer, who was on my team and now is the XL coach. He was like the first ever legendary mid laner. Swiffer's a bit older. He's 27 now. He's the XL Academy coach and apparently doing very good over there. Well, we're uh, we're running low on time right now because we've got two more callers and uh, a quick break to take as well. But I don't know. Uh, I guess, Blue Jay, your initial take was we'll improve the league but not perform better at Worlds because of the Oceanic players? Yes, yeah, I definitely think it will improve the league. Re- for sure. Really and quickly, I think Spawn said this: the bottom bottom half of the league is for sure going to improve. I don't think we'll keep any of the well, so called washed up players, so to speak. I won't name anyone, of course, but yeah. Spawn, really quickly, do you think that we'll do better at Worlds because of the Oceanic players? Competition breeds competition. You inject five, ten young, hungry players. I think people will get better. Very good. Well, That's hey, Jay, anything you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break? Yeah, one very other quick question for Spawn. Just um, have you heard of any players leaving like the Oceanic region to go like boot camp in Korea or any of the other regions? Uh, so we can't this year, obviously. But, but prior to this year, when COVID sunk in, top four teams or players all asked to have built into their contracts to uh, boot camps in Korea. So Order sent all their players, Chiefs sent all their players, Direwolves, Mammoth Bombers all sent players to Korea and stuff. That's pretty, pretty famous because big... FBI got top five over there when he boot camped with Order. Sweet. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. And yeah, uh, yeah Spawn, come back, man. I think you're really good at not being afraid to give your opinion. So, yeah. Thanks, Blue Jay. Good show. Have Goodbye, everyone. Um, I like that he, he's, a, he's a regular. Yeah. Um, a little too regular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say we're going longer on a lot of these topics than I thought we would, which I enjoy. But I did actually want to talk about quarterfinals at some point, And I, I think. Maybe we'll end the show with just like some quick quarters predictions if we can get through these next two callers. Travis, yeah. that sounds Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it quick. But first, I want to shout out Draft Buff. Exclamation mark draft buff in the chat. We'll give you a link over to uh their page. I don't know what they have uh lined up on it right now. Oh, it's just um let's see, it looks like you can you can do the knockout bracket uh stuff underneath the Royale. So go over to um that link. And there's, if you're watching the VOD, there's a link in the description to go check out their stuff. And uh, this is a completely free service. Somebody, uh, perhaps I've not done the best job of, of saying that, but completely free. You can download it on your phone. It's just an app. And you can play with friends. You can play in. Uh, we usually have some Travis Gafford stuff. I don't know if we have one set up just yet for this, but if not, it'll be up soon. So download it in preparation where 
Uh, you can either draft teams uh, based off of who you think is going to perform really well. And actually, I really want to brag about this. My I did a draft royale where I drafted five players. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yes, I can. So I drafted Bin, Canyon, Jensen, Ruler, and Core JJ, and then Suning was my um, my team ahead of the that second week of drafts. And that got me fourth out of 500 people. So that was, I thought, a killer. I'm really proud of myself for that. And sometimes, sometimes I will admit, I asked Mark or Kobe or something for a couple pro tips on something. I'm surprised you came up with that one on your own. I did it all on my own. I'm pretty proud. So uh, getting fourth in this is, I that's pretty killer. I mean, um, I, I feel pretty great about that. So uh, yeah, I was able to do that with the budget from the first week and and yeah, people were kind of sleeping on Ben, I feel like, after the first week, too. So he he was a, a great performer. Um, Canyon, of course, showing, showing crazy up. So either way, fourth out of 500. Come compete against me, the king, on draft buff. Uh, how'd, again, you, how'd your first one go? Well, we don't talk about that one. That one was that was a warm-up. Um, <clears throat> that, that one was 404 out of 558. So, you know, it was that, <laughs> but that was... I was rushing... You know, it was really stressful. I should not have drafted double lift. Anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next caller. But shout out to Draft Buff for um, hooking us hooking us up with a sponsorship for Worlds and covering stuff. And really, really appreciate them. They've been great to work with, and they they do cool cool stuff. Oh, and one more shout out too. We have a dedicated Draft Buff chat on the Discord server on my Discord server, Discord.gg/travis. So if you want to find people to play with, um, you can go do that there. And also the draft buff folks actually hang out in that channel. So you can ask them any questions about their app, give them feedback. Um, if you have any, any concerns or having some issues with anything, go check them out there. They respond to um, at least I think once a day or so. So thank you so much draft buff. Okay. Where are we? We got the next caller here. Huck in Lee. Huck in, where are you calling from? Hello. Tuck. Uh, might be that Discord issue sometimes where people can't talk in some channel. Let me try moving him again. Yeah, yeah. See, we're dealing with a technical issue. Tuck, are you here? Hello. Mark, you want to go on the other channel and just make sure you can hear him? Yeah. Okay. Thank you to Harry Houdini uh, for the sub. Really appreciate it. If anybody else wants to uh, sub... With a, any prime gamers, that stuff is always appreciated. Tuck, are you here? Hello. There we go. We can uh, hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes. Where are you calling from? Okay, okay, cool. Uh, Seattle, Washington. And you've been on the show before, yeah? Uh, no, first time. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So I think the group, or I guess the quarter, or yeah, the quarterfinals draw is pretty terrible. You have... Um, Danwon Gaming versus DRX, which we've already seen. We have Suning JDD. We haven't seen that in the playoffs, but we've seen that in the regular season. I just don't like how in the first round you can have the same regions playing each other. And I would rather just have, um, instead of like how they have it right now, where uh, groups, teams are on the opposite side of the brackets, I would rather have it be um, same regions, can't be playing each other in the first round and the same groups teams can't play each other in the first round or something like that i just don't like seeing the same matchups that we've already seen 
But you're talking about, so for those that don't follow the other regions, we have um, some regions going head-to-head against, like, within the same region. Our teams from within the same region going head-to-head in the quarterfinals. And so we've seen some of these uh, already play out, obviously, in playoffs. And so sort of seeing just a repeat of that is perhaps a little lackluster to our caller. Um, it's interesting that you have this take. I also heard some people say that as well, or just like a little disappointing. It's like, oh, cool, we've got Korea on one side and China on one side, and then just like we've thrown in one EU team on either side. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting because as soon as the groups were drawn, every Riot broadcaster went on Twitter and was like, this is great. I'm so happy about this. How hype it's going to be. I mean, it's, it's all the EU casters that they got G2 with a good draw. And uh, also probably memeing that like if Fnatic had gotten first, they would have been playing G two. But like, mm-hmm. I think when you look at the larger one, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that, that like outside of who you like want G two to have the LCK, which they apparently do better against than the LPL or something like those kinds of reasons. But like for the actual draw, I I'm with the caller. This is this is disappointing. I think the other thing is that people look at the whole bracket and think, wow, semis are going to be great. Whereas, like, if you just take it as, like, is the quarterfinals the four best matches you could have get out of those eight, four teams? I, I'm with the caller and Mark. I think it's really hard to argue that these are the four most compelling bro- uh, games to be on broadcast right now. Will it lead to a great semifinals? Yes, because then you're not going to see Korea versus Korea later on into the call. But I don't think that should be the goal of it, right? Yeah, I mean, the one positive spin that I've heard people say is at least Top and Damwon are on different sides as the two tournament favorites that like we might get them in the finals and also the spawns point. There's no way that it's the same region final like this. <laughs> but like the pessimist in me is like, all right, Damwon beats DRX and they play Gen G and that's whatever. And like, you know, JDG beats Sooning and Top beats Fnatic and then it's JDG versus Top, which I've watched in L- LPL spring finals. I watched him in LPL summer finals and now I get to watch him in world's quarterfinals you know like i don't know i i I understand that there are some positives to it but overall i just want to see more interesting matchups going on um between other regions because if if a region's entirely going to get like if two of a region's three teams are going to get knocked out by their own region and i i understand i'm basically saying EU's going to lose these i'm not saying i'm just saying like worst case scenario you know like you can very easily win these and then the bracket draw wasn't that bad but if g2 and Fnatic lose their series then you're basically just going to have self team kills all the way up and at that mm-hmm. point you could have just taken lpl number one seed and lck number one seed and smacked them together i Can think I, um, oh go ahead i was gonna say kind of like a it's not really a format change but just almost um a deterministic outcome as to how i would want them to be kind of seated and how the quarterfinals would play out i would just have like um i would agree I would think most people would say that top and damn one are like the top two teams. They seem like the strongest and they're also first in the group. So I think they should be on the opposite sides of the bracket. I think Sunni and Genji, they both finished first, but they're like, you know, they're equal level as to like, you know, um, however good they are. So I'd probably just like, you know, separate those two. And then I think JDG should have to go against Genji because they're like the best um, uh, second place t- uh, team. I don't want them to play Sooning, so I just had them against NG. Um, what else did I have? I had DRX versus Sooning, because I would say that like makes sense. And it's are, like, are you saying you, you want know, like someone to automatic like to to manually determine these, or, or I would say um, 
kind of rank them almost yes but but yeah i i don't like the the ball draws because like even in previous groups there have been um multiple times where it's like lpl versus lpl um lck versus lck i think you can still also have like reveals where it's like a surprise to people kind of like instead of um i think uh, i think having people manually make draws or like matchups will probably never happen um there's just too much bias risk, but I do think you can potentially try to. Yeah, that would be add great. More, add more rules, like <laughs> yeah. you can't. LACs have... like, uh, okay, well, because it's in Europe this year, uh, we get to pick, and oh, guess what? We put G two up against uh the weakest team and coming out of groups. Uh, we think that's fair. Yeah, I like Papa's idea about like a dynamic reseeding kind of thing, where if if two teams are from the same region and there is a way to shuffle it shuffle it um but not doing it in a like i think this is a more interesting matchup so league commissioner or head of esports or a panel of casters decide you know like all those don't really sound uh, spawn. Callers spawn. you want to be picking you want to be picking quarterfinals matchups i'll do it like, <laughs> like, what do i get to lose like uh, i'll make a compelling broadcast that nah, like i kind of agree with mark like competitive integrity is a thing for a reason uh like i mean I agree with the caller, but I just think the only ways to fix this are like crazy ways where like region takes precedent over group. And because, like, arguably it is more interesting to play, see, even if they're from the same group, then play a best of five against each other than it would be to play the same region again or like double elim style. Like, I'm not smart enough to come up with a different rule set. So, you know, I think it sucks, but it, that's just the way it is. I guess I would just want it to be where, um, uh, if you finish first in your group, obviously uh, you're all separated. You're not going to play against another uh, first seeded team from their group. I would mm -hmm. just want the um, the second teams. They would play someone that isn't from within their region. Yep. And um, within yeah. their group, so just do whatever to like get that out of the way. I guess. Is there a world where that works? Because let's pretend hypothetically, Europe got four out and China got four out. Could you actually do it where you're guaranteed to not play your group or your own region? Because remember, like, the rule set has to cover anything. And I, I'm not saying yeah. it can or can't because I'm an idiot uh, that has loud opinions. So I'm going <laughs> to say you can't, but uh, I assume there's, there's a rule like that for some reason. Yeah, I, I, was... I mean, that, that's on, the tricky thing is, like, you know, if, if you have you have to actually do the do the math to make sure that these, these outcomes are possible, but... I mean, you can also just write the rules to be like, if not possible, then this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and you just yeah. make a flow chart of decisions. So, I don't know. I ultimately agree with the caller. Do you guys want to do some some predictions, Spawn? You want you want to predict outcomes with oh, yeah. me? I can do predictions. What, what what do you want to predict first? Uh, you want to just go from first to last? Okay. You go first. <laughs> Damn one three one. Damn one three one. I might think. Oh, we have go. to predict numbers too. That's that's how you do it on on the uh, you ever watch the, the broadcast ever? No, uh, sorry. Okay. So we're starting with Damwon and DRX. Yeah, it's the first one. It's Thursday. Um, Damwon, three one as well. I think it makes sense. DRX is looking a little bit better than playoffs, but I'm still going the three zero. Mm -hmm. All right, Sooning versus JDG. Uh, Sooning 3-2. Whoa! Whoa, spicy. I'm kind of, like, I'm down to take Sooning. I think in my play, in my bracket plan, or pick'ems, 
I picked JD over Sooning. Let me check, actually. Because I'm kind of on the Sooning hype train. Especially after Ben got me all those uh, <laughs> those points. <clears throat> no, I took JD getting out. Okay, I'll stick with my pickums then. I've got JD getting out. I'm going to say 3-2. Uh, Man, a lot of Twitch chats also with Sooning. I guess people have uh, gotten cold. I understand JDG lost to PSG and Sooning looks really good. I think both teams are actually really well balanced. Um, Kanavi choking, brother. SOFM going to do SOFM things to him. Yeah. They didn't play in playoffs. And that was a big thing that people were sad about was was not having this matchup in LPL playoffs. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like sometimes when Ben, like Ben's really good, and I don't want to flame Ben, but like he's a little bit of a boomy or bust top laner, and I don't think he really got challenged too hard in groups. Zoom uh, also really good as well. Zoom is yeah. like arguably better than Ben. Okay, right, so that's top. what I'm saying is is I'm a little concerned. So I'm I'm still going I'm still going JDG, but I do think the three two makes sense. Top fanatic. Top fanatic, top win three zero. Probably fifty seven minutes total game time across three games. Oh boy! <laughs> oh shit! Let's go. Is play. that what is the, the the fastest best of five? The I don't know. North America should it's be able to. No, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what the number is. Are we yeah. hoping that they top top just crush fanatic and crush that record? Yeah, we need we need some help. I mean, EU's not having a great year so far at Worlds. Uh, they've been okay, but you know. Rogue finishing below uh, PSG, Mad Lions bustering out, losing the first international best of five. It's time for another record. TSM, like, the West is just setting records all over the place this year. Mad Lions setting the first time, major regency, not getting out, losing a best of five. TSM, first time. Okay, I'll say uh, top three win. I think something will happen, and Fanatical will get a game. I think Jackie Love could lose a like lane. He's he can be a little crazy. I can see them losing a lane. Just case. remember, top like, top lost to FlyQuest. Look at look at spawns games that didn't matter. Like yeah, I've also lost games that don't matter. Like yeah, I lost a normal game the other day. Top didn't even think about that game. Uh, like I'm not sure if those are comparative situations. I'm pretty sure they're comparative. Travis. Trust me. I'm <laughs> well, Brad when you Pitt compare yourself to He's Brad Pitt, I'm starting to understand a little bit about where. <laughs> hey, hey, where hey you why don't you think about that LS video, Travis, before you you tell Spawn that he's wrong? Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Spawn, what a joke! This guy needs to stop making predictions just for the the views. Anyway, sorry. Do you know, the, do you know the thing is, I Fnatic is so much better than I thought they were as well, and I'm still yeah. so confident in my top three O because that's just how. Like this isn't me. Like. Bwipo has actually been incredibly good. Uh, Selfmade has been exactly where I thought he would be, which is insanely talented jungler and so fun to watch. And Nemesis is better than I thought. And then, you know, their bottom lane is their bottom lane. It's been there for a while. But this is still just a top team that is like, they should be considered in my head the favorite to win the whole damn thing. So you have to be so good to be able to go up against them. They're just so strong in three lanes. We yeah, did a uh, run it episode called... Or about top. So anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, I would say three O fanatic or TS. Uh, Jesus Christ, top as well. TSM. Um, but I will say there's no way that's going to be the fastest one. Fanatic will win an early game. They're they're good. They're crazy. They're scrappy. They'll win an early game. Through and which then, line? Uh, pro I think through bot Hilly. I, I mean, the most likely person to int on that team is is usually Jackie Love actually, mm -hmm. um, and that's also where a lot of the power points have been for Fnatic in their wins. So if they can if they can beat up Ruler in Life, they can beat up Jackie Love and Yu Yanja. 
Let's do uh, Genji G2. And I, I feel really bad, Caller. I know you're here. I don't know why Mark launched us into this prediction game while you were before we said goodbye to you, but don't... don't uh, do you uh, disagree with us on any of these, Tuck? Uh, no, I think I'm in agreement. Okay. I would just say I'd probably go for Sunning as well, actually. Okay. Oh, yeah, Tuck. And Man then of- what's the, the Genji G2 match? I'm going to say 3-2 G2. I will say three one Gen G. I'm I'm a spawn on the three two G two. Mark Mark is a hate boner for EU this uh, year. Massive hate boner for EU. Um, I think the the bot lane stuff I'm a little concerned about with G two still. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I missed in the bottom lane, and I think I, I'm most concerned about Clid. Versus Yankos and Caps and like BDD and Clit. I don't think they they're fantastic together. Um, but I actually think Rascal matches up really well into Wonder. So the so Mark has the uh, the horror story of the LPL LPL or sorry yeah LPL match and then the LCK match on and yeah. Hey. So the thing I will say about G two is like, and I've I've complimented teams for this in the past. They have multiple looks they can throw at you. And therefore, they're really hard to play in a best of five. I don't and think that they have the GNG have the flexibility that G two have. I think the the whole like best of five team thing is usually kind of a meme. But I think G two having really smart macro and being able to make really crazy plays and like it's like it's kind of funny how many times that they've almost lost a game like at at their nexus, but then they win and like all these and they've thrown at other teams' nexuses and stuff. So like they're they're wild, but like that kind of is actually like they end up ahead in all the wild situations it feels like whenever they get mm-hmm. into them okay uh caller thank you so much is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next call um no thanks for having me it was great uh shout out to alienware i have one of their monitors good stuff they got awesome thank you so much for the call thank you bye i reserve the right to flip any of those predictions at any point based off the backlash of said fan bases yeah <laughs> I hope you get as much hate from G2 as fans as I did last year for claiming they were not the best team in the world. Bold of you. They was, that. People were very unhappy. Uh, all right, last call. Jake, thank you for the Prime. Hinkley, thank you for the Prime. And OSTL Manly Puppet, thank you for the eight months. Appreciate it. All right, Full Metal is here. Full Metal, where are you calling from? Still in Denmark. Oh, Denmark. Holy yeah. moly. I forgot. Uh what do you what do you want to wow. talk about on the show? Wow, Travis. Mark, what take did you want me to talk about on the show? I pulled you for the salty FlyQuest fan. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that the fact that I think that if TL or FlyQuest was in TSM's group, then they would have made it out. Oh T- if sorry, uh, did you say if TSM was in FlyQuest group? No, no, the other if, way around. Oh, if FlyQuest yeah, was so in if TSM. If TL or FlyQuest had TSM's group, like they were against LDG, Genji, and Fnatic, then they would have made it out. Oh. Explain. Yeah. And, well, Anything so first there? of all, yeah. So, first of all, TL took one game off each opponent in their group, and their opponents are G2, which I think we can all agree, right? That they're a better team than Fnatic. 
and they also took a game off Sooning, which I think we can all agree is a better team than LEG. So that's the first thing. FlyQuest, they took a game on top of esports, which I think is honestly a little questionable because I'm like, how much effort did Top come in with that game? Like, did they really expect him to give much of a fight? Mm-hmm. But that still could have happened if uh, FlyQuest or TL was in the other group that they opponents could have just really underestimated them, thought they were just going to roll over, save their prep for the other teams. So I think uh-huh. you can just look at the stats right there. We're uh, in so agreement. You said stats, but you didn't actually talk about any stats. You just gave me a whole bunch of narrative, which like the the stats show that like, yeah, the record, sure. But the actual way the game's played out is that TL got off to an incredibly slow start, right? So I don't think if like, if they play anyone week one, I still think they lose those games. So what you're saying is they could have gone 3-0 in that group week two when they pulled it around. And did they play consistently well enough across any stage of worlds for me to believe that they could go 3-0 in a major group to actually get out of that group? I'm going to say no. So like, I love TL. Uh, I, I bet I'm going to say like the three, three was probably the best result. They well, would have got there in. goes the job offer. Uh, better uh, like next time. <laughs> Enjoy uh, Australia. And Thanks, to tie, to tag in on that, like, yeah, they lost to Machi in a disappointing way, but then they also beat them later. Like one of their, one you talk about how some of their wins would have been easier. Some of their wins also would have been harder. Uh, <laughs> like the Machi win would have been harder. Probably. Um, same with FlyQuest beating UOL twice. Like, there's no ULL in those groups, okay? Uh, you know, LGD yeah. is definitely a bit coin flippy and can lose some games that they shouldn't lose, and they struggled in planes. But by the time they showed up in in the main stage, they were not playing the same way. Um, yeah, specifically so, with specifically with TL, I think they would have two would LDG in week one and in week two. Well, their name's LGD, so we'll start there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I think I I don't know what TL's first two games were bad. They were bad. That was lose to most teams in the tournament level bad. It's like they those drafts and the the way they played. Like they turned to the round. You heard the interviews and they're like, "Well, we had to flip our mindset and all this stuff." And once they did, yeah, they looked good. But you have to remember to to Spawn's point, those two losses are probably still coming. And yeah, now you have watched- to now you have to rip off four wins against better opponents. Yeah, I watched the Brox interview you had before Holland League, right? But yeah. I think if Yo came with it, that style of like their classic like controlled like slow game, I think that actually would have been potentially done well against LEG in the first week. And I oh, also think, first... yeah, okay, interesting. I, I yeah. mean, I can I can say the I can say the argument. You one thing you got to remember is LGD was like one of the slowest teams in China. Uh, that they're actually more well known for their team fighting and their control style as well. Uh, Kramer is a big team fighting AD carry, and Shie is a big team fighting mid laner. Um, so like I, I I can get on board now that we're actually in game and how these styles are going to match up. But I just want to like I I think Mark and I are stuck on the same point, which is like if Team Liquid got to play the group stage now, would they make it out of their group? Like is I think we could have a more like constructive conversation about. But if they just ran back the form arc on which they took into Worlds. I don't think that four mark is actually good enough to get out of group. Okay. Does, does, okay. does that make to sense? Be clear, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm actually taking that argument that if they came in the first week with their play style and then adapted in the second week, I just think they would have made it out of the group, not taking their form now and applying and going back in time. Okay. And to point on Kramer, like I know historically he's been like a like a solid late game to carry, but LDG as a team in the LPL, I, I do you re, are you going to say they're like a solid like late game like decision making team? I mean, they beat FPX and IG in best of five. So, like, if you can beat back-to-back world champions, baby, yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, but that, was that, was, that, 
was that in late game like decision making or was that just like rolling yeah. over no absolutely it was in late game decision making some of those games okay. went incredibly deep and they like played 10 games like back to back to back to back to back right this, this is a team that is definitely full of like uh journeymen like this isn't their first rodeo um if, if you will <laughs> uh i will say as well like other than sofm there weren't that many great junglers in group a and so like that's one of the weak points when you start getting to matchups like self-made's really scary uh clit is a, is a little hit or miss for sure but um you know peanuts also aggressive and so like i think the the group c is just a different group in a lot of ways in terms of play styles and stuff as well um I think it would have been really interesting to see, though, because uh, <laughs> the TSM one, you can't do worse. Everyone yeah, would have yeah. done better. I'll give you that. Well, thank you so much for the call. Uh, unfortunately, we're we're very much over time tonight, full metal. But thank you for the call. Anything Maybe you want to say like uh, too, yeah. before we close out the show? Uh, yeah. Uh, props to Spawn. Like, you know, best of luck what you're going through now. You're going to make it. Like, whenever I talk about you, my friends, I'm like, okay, this guy, I disagree with all the time, but I still really like him. Like, it's a personality. So, love you, Spawn. And, Thank you very much. Yeah. And, Mark, uh, last time I was on the show, like, my roommate, he just, he just won't shut up. He's like, you got to talk to the amazing Mark Z. Oh, my God. How does it feel? Are you like, how, how was it? Like, he's just a huge fan of you. So, shout out to you, too. All right. Tell him to get on here. And then he can get <laughs> his crack and realize it's a massive disappointment. I can let him down. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I told him. He's just talking to someone on Discord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Travis. Yeah, you forgot about me. So, yeah, that's not, none. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. All right, that's the show. Uh, let's see, Mark. You got any shoutouts, plugs, anything you want to say? Uh, no, boy. Shout out Ashley for being really patient tonight, and uh, that's it. Was she trying Thanks to go spawn sleep? For coming on, spawn. Yeah, yeah. And spawn, spawn. This was really. We talked a lot more on a lot of these topics. I didn't realize we were gonna. We have such great chemistry. I didn't realize how great it was. I, I apologize if I ran the show over uh, a, a long time. Uh, that that nope. wasn't my intention. Juan, do you have any yeah. shout outs, plugs? What do you want to shout out? I <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously shout out to my current organization, uh, Order, uh, for you know being uh, one of the top esports in OS and like facilitating my growth. Um, you know, obviously shout out to the whole of the Oceanic community as a whole. On top of that, right for uh taking this in their stride and still battling uh for what you know they feel is like a really worthwhile domestic product and i i hope we as a region are listened to and that something does emerge from this and it comes back bigger and better than ever and then uh obviously you know shout out to all my sponsors some of which we share um and uh if you haven't already head over to at spawn Law because if you think i'm good here you wait until you get me in a one-on-one -on -one situation baby the bad pit of esports is just uh <laughs> entertaining as all hell um but yeah and shout out to hotline league for having me on it's been a pleasure thank you uh so much spawn for coming on thank you mark everyone be sure to go to alienware.com slash travis and continue to uh play every day to win something uh we'll be doing another show i believe on monday i think we're now we can just resume our regular schedule so stay tuned for that and uh, be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't it's been Hotline League episode 144. That's what I thought. <laughs>